That could make a Wolverine purr. That's what I'm talking about, man. Wait a minute. I know you. You got the name tag. You're in my world now, Grandma. I know that, dude. He's a modern day Yoda. I'm your hubbearer. Allow myself to introduce myself. Greetings and salutations. We came, we saw, we kicked it down. You're excited. <laughs> Feel these nipples. That boy's good. Good and terrible. Well, I have a microphone, and you don't. So you will listen to every damn word I have to say! This is the Mike Rutherford Show on the Big X. Sportos and motor hits, geek bloods, wastoids, dweebies, they all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. Welcome, everybody. It's Thursday, October 12th. This is the Mike Rutherford Show. Coming to you from the University of Louisville College of Business Studios here in the heart of sunny and lovely Louisville, Kentucky. Cards fans take accounting to a whole new level with UofL's Masters in Accounting and Analytics. In-depth data analytics courses allow you to achieve a new mastery of accounting in this AACSB accredited program. 11-month competitive internship opportunities and full access to the Becker CPA exam review prepare you to graduate career-ready in only 12 months. Visit business.louisville.edu backslash MSAA to learn more. We're on the air today from 3.05 until 6. You're on 1450 AM, 96.1 FM, streaming all over the planet Earth. You know us better as the Big X. Mike Rutherford and Trevor Kelsey back in the saddle here on a Thursday as we inch closer and closer to the next big test for Jeff Brom and company. The Louisville football team taking on Pitt on Saturday afternoon in what is increasingly looking like it's going to be a rainy Heinz Field. We'll talk about the latest on the Pitt-Louisville front. We've got a reaction to last night's red-white scrimmage as the unofficial official start of the UofL men's basketball season is here. Before we get to any of that good stuff and take text from you guys, we're going to hear from Trevor Kelsey. TK, how was the Wednesday night? How are you feeling this Thursday? Back's a little sore, but other than that, I'm good. What happened to your back? I uh, just slept wrong, I guess. Well, first, I fell asleep in the recliner last night. Carrying the show? Yeah, that too, yeah. I mean, I liked it better when you were a little lighter in the uh, in the britches. It was easier. Uh, My back wasn't hurting as much. But <laughs> you went back, way back on, and man, it's been killing me. It's true. Um, no, just I, it was kind of a boring night. I just, you know, there wasn't much on. I mean, there was baseball on, but I, once I turned on the UTEP game and saw they were up 21 nothing, I was like, man. BTK. So I flipped over and caught the beginning of Beverly Hills Cop on Showtime. And so I watched it. And then right after that, they aired Beverly Hills Cop 2. So I watched it. And after that, guess what came on? Beverly Hills Cop 3? Yes. Yeah, so I turned on the Dodger game because uh, that movie sucks and no one likes it. So I uh, then watched the Dodger game and fell asleep on Murray Connor as uh, it was closing his ending. Dodgers done? Done. I, hey, my, I'm a D back, baby. Trinity prospect, uh, or Trinity graduate, I should say, and also Bellman product. Yep. Brandon Fat starts for the uh, the Diamondbacks last night. He pitches four and a third, only gives up two hits, no runs. Did just what the Diamondbacks want him to do. And for the second straight year, the Di- the Dodgers, after a historic regular season, flame out in the divisional series. You've got the Dodgers flaming out. You got the the Braves on the brink now after losing to the Phillies last night, and Bryce Harper staring down everybody and, and all that good stuff. Uh, I mean, it's. Billy's Diamondbacks going to be a little interesting uh, NLCS, maybe. We're looking like more and more it's going to be a very 
once again, like shocking and LNALCS. Last year's Cinderella versus this year's Cinderella. Very, very interesting. We got I'm, that going on. Are you rooting for Atlanta or Arizona in this one? Uh, I mean, I mean, we're assuming Atlanta's move. I, well, mean, I mean, Philadelphia. I'm sorry, Philadelphia or Arizona. I'll probably cheer for. I mean, here's the thing that bugs me about what's going on right now is <laughs> the Diamondbacks were the, the Diamondbacks were the team in baseball this year that most mirrored the Reds. Very young. Yes. They very are. aggressive on the base pass. Yes. The only difference was they had slightly better and certainly more consistent starting pitching. And, well, they've Zach, yeah, Zach Gallon's more established than what right. you had, yeah. Especially. Which maze like, like now, because we're every Reds fan, including myself, is doing the thing where it's like, yeah, we, they got us to football season. It was fun. We, we never thought it was going to be this good. It's the start of something great. And we're kind of just excusing management for not doing anything at the trade deadline and helping this team out and make trying to make a run this year. And I look at this now and say, if we had like gotten rid of Jonathan India or gotten rid of somebody and gotten a quality starter or maybe two quality starters or like two decent starters, we could have been the Diamondbacks this year. And so it makes me a little bit annoyed. Having said that, I think they're exciting. Uh, I mean, it, it's a interesting franchise. The Phillies fans have been, I, I, I can't, I'm not a big Phillies guy. I don't, I've never liked the franchise, but their crowds have been unreal. Like they're, the, the crowd shot after Bryce Harper's first home run last night, where they do, I've seen that it's become a trend this postseason where they'll do the, the no announcer call audio, like just the crowd noise. Uh, of a clip, cool, yeah. and it's cool as hell. And, and like they, their, their fans, their crowds have been crazy. I like seeing Castellanos uh, playing so well for them and having a good playoff run. So I mean, I don't. I guess I don't really care, but I don't know. I, I'm just watching as a fan. Like I don't have any rooting interest with the teams that are left. It's going to be another MLB playoffs where I just don't like any of the teams that are still standing. I feel like. Yeah, that happens a lot. To me. I don't know why I'm just kind of jumping. Like cause I guess maybe because Arizona, you're right. They're kind of built a little similar. They're very young. All, a majority of their team is come up to their own ranks with the exception of two of their biggest contributors they got from Toronto in a trade I hated with with Goriel and uh, Marino, uh, who has been big impact for them. Plus, you know, Corbin Carroll didn't get enough credit for the, the rookie. He's so year. underrated. Nobody talks so about it. So underrated. No, I mean, no, everybody talks about Daylight Cruz. And, so under-discussed. And, and no one ever brings up Corel. So, and, and, hey, you got Merle Kelly, who's like a 32-year-old rookie. So, I mean, that's kind of cool. That is kind of cool. I, I do I mean, like, And a local boy. Is he really? Is he from this? No, no, no. I'm, I'm talking about the Brandon Fat. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Brandon Fat, yeah. Because he's fat, he's and he's posing with a PF, PF baby, not even a PH. <laughs> I couldn't even. And I mean, and for the record, Arizona only made like one real move at the deadline too, and that was picking up the Seattle closer, uh, Sewald. That was the only move they really made. It was the a deadline. big one for him. Yeah. I mean, I guess it was. Yeah, it helped him out. He's like these have been saves now, but it was it was the only move they made. They didn't make they didn't make a ton either as well. So we got yeah playoffs going on. Hockey started last night. The Lanch uh, started off on, on the road against the Kings. Looked good. How's the Kraken do? I don't know. I didn't even pay attention. I don't know what the Kraken did. To be honest with you, um, I don't know. We'll, we'll find out next week when they play the Lanch. How they did? <laughs> we'll, find, we'll pay attention. Uh, they lost apparently. They're zero one. So oh, that sucks. We got that going on. We've got uh, you. The the fade TK was one for two last night. You actually had a correct pick with New Mexico I, State winning. I saw that. Yeah, I was. I was the streak because that was the second game though. So the streak did get to eight. Okay. U- UTEP was first, so technically the streak got to 0 and 8 before it got snapped. Eight consecutive incorrect picks in college football. In conference, all in Conference USA. All in Conference USA. I, conference haunts me. There is college football tonight that's like halfway decent. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about that. The it's Holgerson not Conference Bowl. USA, is it? No, it's the Holgerson Bowl, uh, Houston versus West Virginia. Okay, well, okay, that's I can maybe do that one. I, I will, we'll see. Yeah. And there's a second game that I, I actually I don't remember what it is. Maybe that that it's that, that's a conference. Uh, game. It is. It's, uh, well, I think it is. I can't remember. I can't remember conferences anymore. It's SMU and e- Eastern Carolina. 
SMU, that, that's an AAC game. Okay, yeah. See, I, I, Conference USA and AAC, I get mixed up still now. If it's group of five, I feel like we, I feel like we're allowed at this point to just say group of five, yeah, not, because it's hard to keep track of the conferences. Exactly. If it's a group, is it G five game? It's a G five game. Sun Belt, Thank maybe you. Mac, maybe. I feel like the Mac's the only conference that kind of stays the same. In, uh, at least, yeah, because you know it's all the Midwest teams. Yeah, it's, it's been pretty consistent. So we got football tonight to talk about. Uh, we have to start with, and you know, you said kind of a boring night for you, but it was not a boring night for U of L athletics. There was the mm-hmm. the first big event of year two of the Kenny Payne era went down at the KFC Yum Center last night. Uh, you and I, we did not attend. So that we mentioned this on yesterday's show. There was no real way for us to watch last night because they weren't streaming the game, which, say what you will, the attendance... Oh, I'll say it if I will. The attendance last night was better than I thought it was going to be. Like I, I think I said it, it's probably going to be around 2,000. They announced the attendance at just under 6,000, and it looked like it was, I mean, look... Now, doesn't, doesn't that mean it's closer to three then, or three and a half, maybe? Maybe. I don't know if they'll, they'll do that for the red-white game. But That's I, true. I will say, like, and this is both a compliment and a, a, a dig at our program, like, the lower bowl kind of looked like it did for a lot of games last year, like, like you know, which is good for a scrimmage. It's not great for us last year for our home attendance. Hopefully it looks a lot more full when the actual games start here in about a month. But more people showed up than I thought were going to for this thing. I mean, I like, that's... That's a good sign that there is at least some hope out there amongst the fan base. My so, so the, the media blackout maybe worked for a few thousand. Maybe people. it did. Like, maybe I was wrong. I, I didn't. I, I kind of thought. You know, I said yesterday, people who weren't going to go, they're not going to go. Still, even if they can't watch it from home, people who were going to go, they were going to go regardless of if it was streamable or not. So I don't think it's going to affect. Maybe I was wrong. Maybe there were like two thousand people that were. Would have stayed home and watched on ESPN Plus if they'd had the option and, and chose to go out there to the KFCM Center last night. Either way, I'm glad they did. I'm, I'm glad it was a good crowd. I'm glad that we're we're trying to get this thing off on, on the right foot. This is from what you know, I talked to people that were there. I, I, I talked to, to both reporters and just fans who I trust their, their opinion and watched as many highlights as I could. Watched the interviews afterwards. I posted the transcripts on the website. Uh, CDK, our, our guy, he was there. He gave his report, and I talked to him a little bit about it. This is my my general takeaway because, like, you know, the, we we mentioned this previewing it yesterday. The red white game is it's a lot like the spring game where it's impossible to have this overwhelmingly positive or overwhelmingly negative take because the guys are quite literally playing against each other. So you know, if the shooting's bad, you could be like, well, great defense. If the shooting's great, you can be like, offense is fantastic, or or vice versa. So I don't trust anybody who has a you know this team is going to be incredible this team's going to be way better than people think or a this team's going to be even worse than last year just as bad as last year take because who the hell knows it's the takes last year that were coming out of the red white game a lot of them were pretty positive if you go back and look at people what people were saying and lord knows it didn't wind up being a positive season so i think all we can do is sort of evaluate some of the guys that we saw individually and i i think that the I don't know if hype's the, the, the right word. I think it probably is, actually. There's been a lot of, there's been a little bit of hype around Trey White, the USC transfer. I know that a lot of college basketball people who I, who I respect and trust were very big on Trey White after last season. Uh, they thought he was very good at USC, kind of underutilized, and was a guy that could have gone pro early and could definitely be a breakout player as a sophomore. Some of them were upset that he, that he went to Louisville because they're, you know, they're like, I don't think Louisville's going to be that good, but he, he's going to be kind of wasted there. Maybe he won't be. I think that he is he's going to live up to the hype this season. He was the guy that Kenny Payne highlighted the most afterwards in the postgame press conference and said, you know, he's the guy. He's the one who filled up the stat sheet. 
He led all scores with 17 points. He had nine rebounds. He's not going to be – I feel good about my comparison yesterday as far as his outside shooting being kind of like a Terrence Williams type deal where you're comfortable with him taking a wide open one every now and then, and that release is funky. It's a weird outside shot, and I don't know why because when he's – I don't understand the mechanics of shooters like Trey White because when he takes the mid-range shot, it looks beautiful. Like everything's perfect, everything's in rhythm, and it goes in a lot. And then when he takes just, you know, 10 steps back, everything changes a little bit. It's just kind of clunky, and it just feels weird. The free throw stroke is also weird. But he's a very, very capable defender. He's, a, he's the best driver on the team. He's the best finisher on the team. He's got the best mid-range shot on the team. I, I think Trey White's going to be very good. Sky Clark, I, I think, is going to be fine. I, I don't think he's going to be spectacular. I think he's going to be fine. I, I thought he... Seemed like he was in control. A good floor general. I think he's less explosive than L. Ellis. I think he'll be more careful with the ball than L. Ellis. That's, you know, th- th- there's a give and a take there. Uh, I'm in love with Dennis Evans, TK. At, at my core, I'm, I'm st- in love I'm, with Dennis Evans. I'm, I'm in love with I was going to say Big D. That just sounds wrong. <laughs> it's taking it a little too far. But That's what I do, man. Come on. But Dennis Evans last night, I mean, he blocks five shots. We just here's the thing that I love about Dennis Evans. We haven't had a guy like this ever. You know, every now and then you'll run into teams in college basketball that have like this seven three dude who's altering shots everywhere and who's a problem for you defensively because he's just so big and he's capable enough around the rim. And we've never had a guy like that. Like, like we, we we just haven't. And now we do. And it's fun as hell. Like like watching him, the highlights of him blocking shots, the highlights of him dunking without jumping basically last night, I thought were awesome. I I think that the the criticisms of him being a little bit raw on offense, or maybe not the criticisms, but just like the observations of him being raw on offense seem like they're they're accurate. Uh, I like that Kenny Payne after the game is, is like, you can't throw a bounce pass to Dennis Evans. Eventually we're going to have to learn this. Like, you know, you, you throw it up high. He's seven foot one. He's got a, a wingspan that's like 55 feet. Like, go ahead and just lob it up to him. He'll, he'll catch it there. But, yeah, the, the offense I think is a work in progress, but the defense is going to be great. He's gonna, I mean, He's going to play a huge factor in how good we are this year. I think that I'm going to really like Tyler Johnson. I'm glad that he's eligible. He seems like a, I mean, he's hard-nosed, not afraid, classic New York point, point guard. He goes a mile a minute. He's very capable on, on defense. He's kind of feast or famine, which is fine. Like we, I think we need a little bit more of that. We didn't see that enough last year uh, of guys gambling and, and being rewarded every now and then for gambling. I think he had three steals. Um, the team overall in the first half apparently sounded very good turnover prone, which was an issue. There was like 17 combined turnovers in the first half, a lot smoother in the second half. I, I wonder if there was something said at halftime, like, because the thing about these red-white games is both sides know what the other is doing, right? Like, you, you know the sets. You know what they're running. So you can cheat a little bit. Like, you, you can jump a passing lane because you know where a guy's supposed to go. And I wonder if there was something said at halftime that was like, hey, let, let's, let's stop cheating a little bit. Let's allow the other side to at least run some offense. Regardless, it, it did look a lot better in the second half. My overall sense uh, after this game is I still am where I, I, I've been this entire time with this team. Like I, I think that it's going to be – the obvious thing is to say it's going to be better. There's no way it could be worse. Like it, It's going to be better. We have better talent. They do – it does seem like they're playing harder than last year's group was, even at this early point in, in the, the preseason. The schedule's bad. I, I think that that should result in, if nothing else, like – a solid handful of wins. I'm still sticking with, I think they'll win somewhere between 13 to 18 games. I think they're in that range where it's going to be a, they never really flirt with going to the NCAA tournament, but they're far more competitive 
and they win far more than they did a year ago. And then we're all left debating whether or not Kenny Payne deserves a third year. So I, I, that's still kind of where I am. I'm not, I'm not over the moon about anything that I heard last night. I think that there were some things that you can latch on to and say that's definitely a positive. I think overall, it's still kind of, I'm still kind of where I was. Mike James shot the ball really well last night. That's a good, you know, the topic came up yesterday about outside shooting. Who's going to step up there? James was, I think, four for five from three. That's a, a solid development. We need somebody to be really good from outside there because for all the good things that Trey White does, he does not shoot the three very well. Sky Clark didn't shoot it great from the outside. Uh, Williams and Glenn, I think, as freshmen, both kind of looked the way that you thought they were going to look. A little bit lost early on. Found a little bit of a groove when they, they were playing more in the second half. I still have no sense of Cron Davis. <laughs> like, like nobody's talked about him. I still have no idea how good he is. Um, Huntley Hatfield got dinged up a little bit. JJ Trainer got dinged up a little bit. But like last night, I think a a net positive probably, but didn't really change my view that much for the upcoming season. I still still think it's going to be a season that is below standard for U of L basketball. And then it comes down to like how does Josh Hurd judge that? based on the situation that you know, Kenny Payne inherited and all that stuff and, and and where he feels. So that's that's my take on what we saw last night. Go cards. I didn't hear anything about Dino. Uh Danilo did not do much did not do much. <laughs> it's the only one you didn't cover. We didn't get much about Danilo. Uh, or Zan. But Zan was he I don't think he, think he, he was played, in the box. He played score. just like a, he played a minute thirty eight. It's a new era. I mean what 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 the hell man? No no wonder only five people five thousand people showed up. You didn't only play Zan a minute thirty eight. You put him out there. You guarantee him out there twenty minutes. You get to, you get twice the crowd. You know Zan's going to play way more minutes in actual games than he did in the red white game. Like, uh probably. Yeah. UMBC. He's going to be in there for like seven minutes. Uh, yeah, I don't see. Well, Hersey also played almost twenty minutes. I don't see that happening on a regular basis either. But um, Zan plays the fewest minutes of anybody. I have not really seen any of the videos. Uh, I've seen just the descriptions on Twitter. People, you know, giving play their own play by play descriptions throughout throughout as it was going on. Uh, and I've seen the box score. So uh, I, I can only, you know, make my judgment so far with, with what I've gotten. Uh, I will say this one, you, you mentioned Sky Clark and, and L. Ellis. I mean, the box score screen. I mean, if you'd have told me this, told me this box score wrote Ellis's name on it, I would have believed you because he was 4 12 for 11 points, five assists, and five turnovers. Mm-hmm. That's L. Ellis. I mean, that, that was L. Ellis. So, so, I mean, hopefully that will improve, but. You know, is what is I. You know, the one thing that stuck out to me. You meant you, you. I know how much you love the Big D, but the one thing that did stick out to me was only five rebounds. That worries me a little bit. Knowing I see that he's not even leading his team, his, his side of the team in rebounds, let alone the entire team. Uh, seven one. That makes me wonder about you know in terms of placement and footwork in terms of rebounding. I, that's something you got to watch though. I can't go by the box score on this. I mean, these are things. I, that's why I want to see the team. That said. I'm not changing my perspective until I actually start watching them, and we'll see it in Simmons. I'm still saying, you know, eight to ten wins, basically. Sure. So, I mean, nothing. Yeah, I mean, I I did like seeing, as you point out, Trey White's numbers. Those did make me smile a little bit, especially seeing seven free throw attempts, uh, a, being aggressive, and something getting to the free throw line is something that I, you know, bugs me when teams don't do it, especially us. Um, so that that did like that, you know, despite you know five eleven shooting from the field is fine. I think I love your comparison of. of uh, but T will to him that I see it 100% in the clips I have seen from USC. Um, other than that, I mean, Huntley Hatfield looked like he had a Huntley Hatfield game three for three. Um, Mike James is shooting four or five from the three point line. I would love to see, you know, they were just corner threes, which if they are, I'm happy. That makes me happy. That's where the shot he's going to get. Um, Caleb Glenn getting 22 minutes. I would love to see some clips, some video of him. 
Uh, he's obviously someone I'm intrigued at, as well as uh, Emmanuel Okafor, uh, Okafor getting to win almost 30 minutes. You know, I mean, I'm assuming he was matched up for the most part against Dennis Evans. I would love that. That's a matchup I would love to see. The because you know now we turn our attention to to Simmons College, and I, I feel like I'm going to be a, a broken record. I, I, I'm going to end up being a big oh, buzzkill after this game. I am. I know I am. So. Because Simmons College. People keep talking about we'll learn more from this. We're not going to learn anything from Simmons College. They were two and twenty at the in, in their last season at the whatever level they are, like Division three. I mean, like NAI. What like they are? They are one of the worst college basketball programs at any level in America. We beat them by fifty before Chris Mack's first year. And I don't know if anybody else remembers that game. The only thing we could we could have beaten them by ninety. I was gonna say the only thing we could learn would be negative, right? Like if we'd play poorly, that's. A, you can't learn anything good from this. Only bad. Would that be safe to say? Yeah, but I mean, my yeah, issue, good, my, my but... problem is, you know, you've got most of the fan base, and I'm not like judging them. Like, like I'm not like, trying to do like the well. I I learn more than you. I know more than you. Like a lot of the fan base, they'll see an exhibition game as an exhibition game. It's it's kind of it's like what I talk about when you schedule a tough FCS opponents in in college football. You don't get any benefit for beating a really good FCS team because most of the college football world just looks at it and says. Yeah, you know, there's no difference between Moorhead State or you know App State back when they were playing FCS and winning national titles. They're just like, damn, you you lost to an FCS team, or you almost lost to an FCS team. So when you play a, like a, you know, Simmons College, they don't view that as any different than playing Georgetown, who's you know a program that's won national titles. And the reality is, I don't think we're going to learn anything from playing Jerry Eves' team because when we when they came in here five years ago, they looked. I mean, completely lost. Like there was, there was no talent there. There was no effort there. We want. We, we were like throwing alley oop dunks against nobody with like three minutes into the game because they weren't even trying. We won by forty nine. We could have won by ninety five. And so I think that we're going to have a situation where you know, a week from now we're going to win this game handily. We're going to look pretty good in the process, and everybody's going to be like, "Look, this team could win twenty five games this year. This team could win thirty games this year." And I, I think it's going to maybe be leading people in the wrong direction. I hope the team doesn't get the wrong idea either because like, I don't think this is going to be that much of a test. But like you said. Well, they could use some confidence. That, that I wouldn't be I'm fine. I, I'm fine with that. I, I'm just saying I hope we don't all like fly off the handle and start setting unreasonable expectations because we win this game by 30. But if it is a close game, then yeah, I think you can, you can draw some conclusions from that. I'm far more curious on in 18 days when we play Wesleyan, who's a – they're a, a fine T2 program. When they come through, I think you'll learn a little bit more. That'll be more like the Chaminade and Lenore Ryan games from last year, from a talent perspective. Simmons being Simmons sucking or not, I still look forward to watching us play other competition other than ourselves, or in, in, for example, just watching us play in general. Yeah, I mean, I, I am too. But I mean, Simmons College, if you look at their schedule, the last time I oh I know they I know. lost to Great Lakes Christian College, one hundred and sixteen to fifty nine. Well, how do you know Great Lakes could be pretty good? They're they're great. Appalachian Bible College, ninety three to sixty six. Hey, you can only read the Bible so much. How many jump shot practices they have? Huntington University, ninety-nine to forty-four. These are all real scores. These, 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 <laughs> Huntington is what they in their name. They hunt. I mean, I know people who went to Thomas More to play basketball who were not good. Thomas More beat them one hundred and five to thirty-seven. You sure it was a score, or just the dude. It may have been one guy, <laughs> Pikeville, who we've played exhibition games I played, against. I remember Pikeville, yeah. Beat them one ten to forty-one. And that were bullet transfer too. Uh, yeah, yeah. He coaches Pikeville High School. Uh, Bethel University beat them one hundred six to forty seven. IU Southeast. Hey, I know them. Ninety four to sixty four. I mean, th- these are 
It was <laughs> now. See, now the problem is you're setting up expectations. If we don't about fifty, then it does feel like maybe it might be disappointing. It kind of does. I mean, I, I'm just saying. Like, I, I wish that we had. I know we that- can't be Appalachian Christian or whatever Appalachian. Which which religion was it? Appalachian Bible College. Bible. Oh no, it's just the Bible in general. My bad. I know that that Jerry Eves and Kenny Payne are very close, but yeah. I, I just I wish that we hadn't scheduled this game because it felt like it gave us nothing. You feel like Kenny's gonna pull off pull the reins back too? It's some. Well, I don't even know if he can, but. I mean, maybe. I mean, like, I, like when when my all star. I think Jerry with, wants to beat him to beat him by like hundred. When we took a ten year old all star team to play Highview and we were beating them like fifty two to twelve at halftime, we're like, just don't guard beyond the free throw line. Like I'm telling my kids just to stand in the yeah. lane. Like just don't even guard. And I felt so bad because the other coach is like still real young and his kids like he's like he's Pat Rowley. I'm like, dude, you're down by sixty, man. It's an all star game. These are twelve year old kids, man. Let's give them a do. break. Yeah. Like <laughs> when my kids stole the ball, I'm like, no, give it back. <laughs> uh, I got a clip from if you check the the DMs on, on Twitter. There, I sent you a clip. You slid in my DM. I did. Kenny Payne talking after the game. I mean, he was he seemed mostly encouraged by what he saw. I I don't think that he saw anything that surprised him. But he you know he reiterated the message, which I did like that he emphasized like we're going to be better than we were last year. Because if he was like, I don't know, then then I would start to get very concerned. But this is him explaining why he's going to see, what he thinks fans will see, a major difference in this year's Louisville team. Major difference. Um, I just think the chemistry of these guys are, they're all similar. They have the same goals, same aspirations. They love basketball. They compete. Um, and, and they go out and play with a fight, with a togetherness. They talk to each other when things are hard. Um, which, again, I try to make things hard in practice so that I can see how they handle it uh, without me having to talk them through it. Uh, having them fail and bump their heads at times is great for me because it, it, you see if there's going to be a divide or if there's going to be a come together of guys. This group has came together thus far, but real adversity is coming, as we all know, and they're going to have to depend on each other for us to be a good team. I also like so after his opening statement, which you know he talks about. I think we're gonna you, you know you're gonna see that we're a better team. We play harder, more chemistry, all that stuff. The first four questions are all about Dennis Evans in the, in the post game. <laughs> like he's a he's a fascinating player to watch. He also gave us a great uh, gif after the game of him wagging the finger at the camera, which was was awesome. Do you think Kenny's wise to kind of? I mean, he's already just missing his. They don't they don't they're not trying thing. He's saying that, that this team is meshing better. This team has got you know more chemistry. That's that was the. That was the crutch of, of, of excuse for almost all of last year, was it not? Yes. So, I mean. That and, you know, they them being broken by the year before. Yeah. So, I mean, and this is a new team. This is, they, they've got, they're, they're, they're meshed together. They got chemistry. They've got aspirations. They have the same goals. They love basketball. I mean, Kenny, I hope you, hope you know what you're doing because you're kind of, kind of racing all your, your past excuses already at this point. One game, not even one game in. I didn't realize until last night. So I haven't seen anybody talk about this, or I haven't seen it written anywhere. So Sky Clark and Trey White were the the player representatives in the post game press conference. Okay, and you know, they, according to everybody who's with the program, they've kind of stepped up and established themselves as like the team leaders. Like they're the vocal leaders in practice. They're the guys who are leading by example. Like they're the alphas on the team, and they've okay. been apparently best friends since ninth grade. Like they, they started playing. They got to know each other on the AAU circuits. And Sky Clark said, Trey and I have known each other since ninth grade, early high school. We've been best friends for a long time. We're both some dogs. We feed off each other. So when we both get rolling, we just feed off each other and feed off the team. We both love to compete on offense and defense. So only good things are going to happen. 
And, I mean, they both kind of talked about having this special relationship and this special chemistry. I had no idea that was a thing, that they, like, had a pre-existing relationship before they got to U of L. Well, didn't Sky bounce around in high schools a little bit though? I mean, yeah, but I mean, I, I still I, I, too, I, I though, didn't man. know this. Like, I, I just didn't know that they were this tight, and that does make me feel a little bit better about that backcourt and about maybe what we can accomplish because there was, for all the issues that we had last season, there was a noticeable lack of leadership. L. Ellis was the you know, he, he was the alpha on the floor. But we can, and look, I've got no problem with LL. So I'm not going to pile on the kid. I thought he did everything he could last year. But he was not a like vocal leader type guy. Yeah. Like, like I he, think James tried to do that. I think he did, and he was, you know, he was just, you know, he, I think he was kind of forcing it too. I think Mike James is more of a. Remember, Chris Mack always tried to get Dwayne Sutton to be this, yeah, this alpha, and like he's like that's just not who he is. Like he, yeah, he's, he, not, he's not a yell at other guys to like get going and practice type player. He's a lead by example type guy. You're either born with that kind of charisma. You're For not. sure. I mean, it's not really something you 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 adjust to and learn. I mean, I guess you can, but not normally. And I think so. I, I think that we ended up just not having that guy last year. I think a few players kind of tried, and then once we got to like the point where we were one in fifteen, people were like, "Well, what's the point? Like, like, who, like who cares?" And I think that now you've had this presence this entire off season and then this entire preseason with these two guys, and it does make me think that there's there's a shot that we're going to be not like a a wild overachiever, but a program that a team that competes far more and does what the fans want them to do, which is like look like they're at least invested in this as much as we are. And, and that was the one thing that was majorly lacking last season was, you know, you felt every single time out you cared far more than the players did. And a lot of that was on the, the lack of player leadership. I think it was a lot on the coaching staff. But having that player leadership this season I think will help considerably. I, I like that you've got Trey White and, and Sky Clark already stepping up and embracing those roles here in the preseason. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, I've got a couple other football notes to get to. Some national things going on that I want to talk about. We'll take some texts from you guys on the Thornton's text line. That number, by the way, is 502-414-1450. It's the Thursday edition of the Mike Rutherford Show, and it rolls on next here on 1450 The Big X. Good living with you. Uh-oh. It was good. You know, I made a uh, on yesterday's show. I made a reference to to the West Rocket. I know. I know. They were playing at like the Palace last night. Were they really? They were in town. <laughs> I hope they were listening. <laughs> they, they were playing at our place. <laughs> we spotted the ocean. I love Toad. I Man, I love the, the four. I always got. Always get toad, I always got Toad West Rocket and the Toadies mixed up. How could you do that? I don't know. How could I ever get the Toadies and Toad the West? Very Rocket? different. They are way. Because Toadies only had one song, Possum Kingdom, which yeah. was. Toadies were. Yeah. Toad the West Rocket had at least three. Yeah, and they were, they, were more, they were more soft adult contemporary, I think, opposed to Toadies was kind of a little bit more rough, kind of 90s grunge type sound. Can I tell you something that's bothering me today? <laughs> I, 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 I am. I'm it's sports you. related. I want you to always tell me what's bothering you. Why, anything you. in life. I need to sound off on, on yeah. people sometimes. What do you got going on, buddy? The, so yesterday we talked about the, the Kansas ruling broke like pretty much during the show yesterday. The, yeah. the, they right got right the, before, yeah. They got the slap on the wrist 
from the the IARP. They did have to, to forfeit, I think, 31 games. We said 15 at the time. They 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 changed that. It's, it's 31, I believe, okay. uh, including the 2018 Final Four banner. They have three years probation, but no additional punishments for Curtis Townsend. None for Bill Self. None for the program. No postseason ban. None of that stuff. Self did like did had the own self imposed like three games or something. Right. Yeah. They did the thing where it's like we did nothing wrong, but just in case we did, we're yeah. gonna <laughs> we're gonna punish. <laughs> we're gonna uh, keep Bill Self on the sidelines for four games. Somebody do that. But we court. definitely did nothing wrong. Yeah. Exactly. Like, like, Your Honor. I'm pleading innocent. I am innocent. But just in case, I'll go to jail for a couple, for a month they, or so. That's basically what they did. <laughs> that's exactly, at least when we self-imposed a ban, it was like, we know that we did, we did some, we found some stuff. And uh, we're, we're going to get it punished, so let's go ahead and punish ourselves. Just in case this jury doesn't know the truth. Kansas is like, we're innocent as hell. But we're going to keep our coaches on the sidelines for four games, just in case. Just in case. But the, the, so it's bugging you, though. The overall sentiment from national college basketball people today. Dana O'Neill wrote a story about you know, the waste of time that this FBI probe was. Yeah. Seth Davis tweeted this out and said the FBI and the SDNY probe of college basketball was a huge waste of time and taxpayer money. They gave immunity to an informant who embezzled $2 million to put a few assistant coaches in jail who took low five-figure bribes. It was all one big nothing burger. And everywhere yeah. I go, everything that I read, it's all – you put a couple of uh, assistant coaches behind bars. Nobody was really adversely affected in all this. College basketball was not changed whatsoever. And I want to shout, whoa, 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 whoa. Louisville lost arguably the greatest college basketball coach in the history of the sport. It was forced to fire the insanely successful athletic director who built up the program in a way that we didn't thought didn't think was possible mm-hmm. at, at the time that he came in. And not just basketball, the entire athletic program. Look at where we are right now. Yeah. I'm not saying it's all ab- about what happened with the FBI scandal. I am saying we had the Katina Powell thing in 2015. We had the self-imposed postseason ban in 2016, which sucked. The next year, we were a two-seed in the NCAA tournament. Before Patino got fired in the fall of 2017, we were in everybody's preseason top 10. He had a Big-time recruiting class coming in. He had a lot of returners from that, that team that was a two-seed that got beat by Michigan in the second round. There was no reason to believe that the program wasn't going to do what it had been doing for the in the first half of the decade, which was roll right along. I mean, no pro- disrespect to Dave, but if he won 20 games with that team, Patino's winning 26, maybe. No question. I mean, We love know, you, Dave. We do. I think you probably could have won more than 20. Well, it, it wasn't just David. Like, the other two assistants got fired, too. Like he had to, yeah, it's true. Yeah. He had to build a staff from like, – he promoted Logan Ballman from – He brought in from the, the Stanford guy. He brought in uh, John, Trent yeah, Johnson, Trent and Johnson and then Greg Paulus, like two guys who weren't going to coach that year. And it was thrown together a, a week before the start of practice. So they were they were fighting an uphill battle from day one. If Rick doesn't go, there's no reason to believe that we don't just keep rolling. Every sign indicated that the Katina Powell thing was going to be a blip. Yes, it would have. It still would have sucked to have to give up the 2013 banner, and yes, it would have been a black eye for the program and all that stuff. But the secondary wave of factors that the FBI investigation brought never occur. There's never a cloud for six years that keeps us from recruiting, that keeps Chris Mack from fulfilling his potential, if you you want to say that played a part. There's never, I mean, we, we don't end up hiring Kenny Payne, and if we do, he's not operating underneath a, a dark cloud for the first year uh, that he has the job. Louisville basketball, I mean, I, you know, all these people are like, nothing's changed in the overall landscape of the program. Ten years ago, we were coming off of a national championship, 
and a lot of people thought that we were going to repeat, and we had a damn good chance of repeating. We were, we were rolling, and look at us now. We're coming off of a four-win season where I saw Ken Pomeroy put out his he had human polls from 789 people. We are projected to be the number 149 team in the country this season. And people are like, you know what? It's better than 290, which is where we were last year. That's a step in the right direction. That's how far we've fallen. And it's just because of this FBI probe that everybody is calling, to use Seth Davis's word, a nothing burger. Don't tell me that nobody got affected by this. Don't tell me that nobody got hurt by this. Well, the problem, we got decimated by this. problem is Louisville's decimation happened like a year and a half ago. Yeah, but I mean, still. Like, it's just, well, that's, I mean, it's, it's just time. Since, since it happened, we've not won an NCAA tournament game. No. We've no. been to one NCAA tournament. I mean, we were the only ones, granted, we were also the only ones, you know, on probation while caught doing, involved in it, but we were the only ones that actually took a punishment. I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't call it a nothing burger in the home basket. Yes, nothing came out against 95% of the teams that were involved in it, and yeah, just a couple assistant coaches had to serve some time, probably unfairly, because someone had to do something, but... I think I think it also did help push the, the the opening of nil. I think a little bit. Maybe I mean I mean I I don't I think that was going to happen regardless. Like Probably that, that that California case was already in was already in process. But I mean yeah you're right. Other than us, no one really Oklahoma State got a postseason ban unfairly. Yeah, but it's Oklahoma State doesn't really care about. Oklahoma but I'm just saying they, they got affected in, in this a little bit. I guess if you if. Will Wade has to miss the first 10 games of his McNeese, McNeese State coaching career. The fact that he has a job is just, it, it absolutely blows me away. I mean, Oklahoma State getting it, it and us getting what we got in Oklahoma State is, is, is falls under the Tarkanian of, you know, Kentucky gets away with nothing while Cleveland State gets three years probation. I, I just, no offense, Oklahoma State, but you're Cleveland State. I'm not saying I need, we need everybody to feel sorry for us. I'm just saying, like, when you are a national college basketball person and you're looking at the landscape today, and saying nothing is altered by what took place six falls ago, almost exactly six years ago. What, what do you think? Like, like we were a we were a top five program in the sport, unquestionably, at that point in time, even with the Katina Powell stuff. And now, I mean, we're not a top five program in the ACC. We're, I mean, we're, not in basketball. Not right now. I I mean, it's and that's what we're talking about. Yeah. It, it's just have some perspective. At least acknowledge the fact that yeah, we did get screwed over by this if, if these people don't decide to do this completely worthless to invest like millions of dollars into this investigation and have the, the lead investigator embezzle all that, all that money and use it for gambling and hookers in, in vegas if none of that happens then like Louisville basketball never n- never faces and now we're in this position where we have no idea how long it's going to take for us to fully recover we, we have no idea i mean you know, we had the conversation a billion times last year. Like, are, are we worried about becoming Indiana, where we just never get good again, where we have a few years where we're okay, but we're never going back to Final Fours, and a whole generation of fans doesn't know what it's like to taste success? Like, as much as we think that we're too big to fail, it's the, the more losing seasons that we have, the more under our own expectations seasons that we have, the more that I think that becomes a legitimate concern. And it's all based, I don't want to say it's all based on 2017, because you're right. If the Katina Powell thing doesn't happen, we don't get hit as hard by this, but if the 2017 thing doesn't happen, we're like, like we're fine, we're great. We, yeah. we we have this big scandal and we move on from it, and nothing takes place. And now because they have wasted all of our taxpayer money and did this stupid thing, which we all knew that this was happening. Like they, we've got your playbook. We're exposing college basketball. <laughs> oh my god, players are getting paid a little bit on the especially recruiting circuits. Shoe companies are helping this. Patino's talked about this being 
in, in 2009. Like, he had a whole press conference about the shoe companies being too involved in this. Like, he called a shot. What was, what and then was, we got screwed by it. What was better, that we got your playbook? Or what was the one the Alliance said when the Alliance remember? Oh, they, God. They got together for, like, a week. And they, 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 had, they had a statement like that, too, that was really good, too. I can't remember what it was. Now. I miss the Alliance so much. I mean, it was, well, it was only around for, like, a week. <laughs> and we spent a whole show making fun of it. Like, oh, we did, yeah. That everybody was the, did. We're like, that this, was one of our early shows, too. We're like, this is the dumbest thing that's ever happened. There's no way it's even around for two. Like, everybody called their shot, and everybody was right. I've got the press release right here. Are you ready <laughs> yeah, because yeah, they had a statement in there that was, like, right up there. We have our playbook type thing. I remember. What was it? Uh, this is, I'm just reading the press release. Okay. The, the ACC, Big Ten, and Pac-12 today announced a, <laughs> an historic alliance that will bring 41 world-class institutions together on a collaborative approach surrounding the future evolution of college athletics and scheduling. <laughs> when was this released, by the way? Uh, August 24th, 2021. So, yeah, so, this is like our second week. Like a, little, a little over two years ago, and since then, Pac-12 doesn't even exist anymore now. But oh my God. Uh <laughs> a long pressure. I'm trying to find like the, the... There was a line in there that stuck out, I remember. Jim Phillips' quote was, the ACC, Big Ten, and Pac-12 recognize the unique environment and challenges currently facing intercollegiate athletics, and we are proud and confident in this timely and necessary alliance that brings together like-minded institutions and conferences focused on the overall educational missions of our preeminent institutions. The alliance will ensure that the educational outcomes and experiences for student-athletes participating at the highest level of collegiate athletics will remain the driving factor in all decisions moving forward. Nope. Nope. That didn't look... <laughs> That would be incorrect, my friend. Uh, Kevin Warren's... I love this. Course, I mean, the, the poor Pac-12 somewhere is looking back at that going, guys. <laughs> or at least Washington State and Oregon State are. The I mean, yeah. The, the ACC... Big Everybody Ten, else bounced. Yeah. The ACC and Big Ten and Pac-12 conferences include 27 of the 34 autonomy five members in the Association of American Universities. Remember that? <laughs> Innovative research that benefits communities around the world. Ooh. 194 Olympic medals. Ooh. One in Tokyo. Ooh. Some of the most iconic venues in, in historic. In Ooh. Good Lord. Yeah, this, and none of it matters. This whole thing is so embarrassing. <laughs> I'm, I'm reading some of the quotes. Say 41 T. How many of the schools have even left over two years? They've lost, I mean, the, most of all, 10 of the 12 Pac-12 schools have gone, so that leads down to 31. Well, two of them are in the ACC now. That's true. You're They're right. still yeah, in so the you're, alliance. You're right. <laughs> you're right. My bad. You're right. My bad. The alliance. They did. They did. My God. But then they also did. They added schools, too, so I guess it does still run. Maybe it's still run the same number. Uh, let's give a, a quick shout-out. <laughs> let's give a, uh, a quick shout-out to Jeff Brom. Always. We don't even need a reason to, but no, we, we just, it's our daily Jeff Brom shout out. Hey Jeff, we love you. We love, we're just going to sing. We love you every day at three fifty. Like a Jeff Brom appreciation minute. <laughs> and everybody bow your head and appreciate Jeff Brom for the but glory that he is. Jeff Brom has been named the association, uh, associated presses mid season coach of the year in the ACC. Okay. Who else could it be? But Jeff Brom, he is the, your mid season coach of the year. Well-deserved honor. Would you care to venture a guess as to who the midseason player of the year in the ACC is? Um, does Notre Dame players count? They do not. They're not in the conference. I'm just, I don't know. Sometimes I don't know. I don't know what they do with their, their conference. Sometimes they get to count. Sometimes they don't. It's, it's confusing sometimes. Um, Jordan Travis? Drake May. No, I went with the wrong quarterback. Yeah. Sorry. And then the – I was going to say probably Mac Brown would probably be second for coach of the, the, uh, the coach – 
halfway coach of the year, I think he'd be coming second, maybe. You're probably right. I mean, there's no big, like, gigantic underachiever, I feel like, in the conference. Well, yeah, and, and right. that's what they always get. They always, it's the guy who does more than they were expected always gets that coach of the year nod. Which is probably Jeff Brom right now. Oh, it's dead. There's not even clubs because Florida State, North Carolina, were assumed to be this. The defensive mid-year player of the year is uh, the, the kid from NC State, Peyton Wilson, the linebacker. Oh, I should know that. They, they talked about him for an hour and a half during yeah. the broadcast. He's the fastest boy alive. <laughs> Faster than a speeding bullet. He once took out his own kidney and donated it to his brother. The AP also, they, they also in, the, in this release. True have, story. Put it in himself. They also have most disappointing team in hottest seat, which feels like, like like we don't need to be giving these types of awards in this in this midseason. But they got most disappointing team is Clemson. Hottest seat is Virginia's Tony Elliott. Which makes yeah, sense. that's obvious. I'm uh, Yeah, I don't see him making it out of this year, actually. He was, they were so bad last year. I feel like we do get a, a Virginia coach fired. Every other year with the way that they play. Well, us. yeah, I like to think it's us that's doing it, but yeah. And you know what's going to happen this year? The glow game. Oh, yeah. Thursday night, glow in the dark uniforms. <laughs> goodbye to Tony Elliott. Tony Elliott's going to see ghosts. Say goodbye to him. That's only his second year, isn't it? I believe you're correct. So second or third. It can't be. He's, he has been bad. Yeah, it's only his second. We have they, major, they were bad. We have major NIL news today as well. There's, there's a new... Jack Plummer commercial for Tom Drexler. Our boy B. Sim, famous guest, uh, the only in-studio guest we've had here so far. He uh, he's in the in the commercial. It's nice. very cool. Tom Drexler, you know, the Plummer Plummer thing. It's it's an obvious take, but the video's out there. You can find it online. The plumber call his number. His name is his number. Call the plumber whose name is his number. I get that stuck in my head every time I see one of their trucks. That's fine. We don't need to give him free advertising. They don't advertise here. Yeah, they don't. Well. But Jack Plummer, congrats to him. And then there's a new Jawar Jordan billboard. I believe it's off 64. I saw that with the Planet Fitness. Planet Fitness, it's like Jaws. You know, he's got the the, the big shark teeth, yeah. and he's he's pointing at the camera, giving an L's up. Props to Jawar. I mean, the man. If anybody deserves to cash in for what we're doing right now, it's Jawar Jordan. No question about it. I know it's I know it's out of season, but how can Hurricane Bay not promote on him? Oh, that's a good one. I mean, just be like, it's <laughs> football during this time of the year. It's never safe to go in the water. And have a picture like have Jawar Jordan have him like doing like a cut run or something. It's a tough break for Jawar that he's doing this during the fall. Yeah, I mean, but you can still do it because you can promote it going like you know get your tickets now so when the weather's right, you can finally return to the water. I like that. And let's be real, he has another year of eligibility left. True. Yeah, he wants yeah. to come back. Who else should get Mark? I mean, because we gotta get something for Thrash. Like I, lo- I, lo- I, lo- I know mm. we can't do anything with you. I'm a Thrash man, even though it's a great gimmick. We do have wrestling here. I mean, we do. Yeah, he can do something with, with OVW maybe. I mean. I'm a thrash man. I don't think you want to do anything with, like, you know, the the sewage department, the, the, the garbage man. Like, you know, because I'm a trash man. But it's got to be something to do with thrash. They got the thrash? <laughs> thrash bash? Thrash treats opponents like trash. I mean, it's Halloween. You could have, like, thrasher films. Like, that's a, that's not a bad one, yeah. In fact, I, I mean, if you're one of the local TV stations, why don't you bring them in and have them like just have them like do do like a Saturday marathon of like uh, of like uh, Halloween films brought to you by but 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 Jeremy uh, with Thrash is like the host introducing them. If you're a local brewery, how are you not capitalizing on Brocktoberfest? I mean, we have two Brocks. I mean, yeah, it could be Doman and Travelstead. And Kevin can get something. I mean, we'll find something. <laughs> if anything, we'll do like a a, a Christmas thing with Home Alone. <laughs> uh, I mean, we have aldermen here, elected officials. Like we could do something with Jalen. Yeah, 
the Louisville Alderman. Board could have like Jalen Alderman something. I don't know how much money they have to toss around for NIL, but that could work. Uh, who, who else? Who else we got on defense? We got gelato. I mean, ice cream. Well, yeah. It, well, his name's Gelati. So. Gelati. Okay, my bad. Yeah, it's, but gelato works. So. <laughs> A lot easier for he's, he's smoother than he's smoother than the best best uh, Greek ice cream you can find. Struggled to get there, didn't you? <laughs> I know I did. I can't remember if it's Greek or Italian. I think it's Italian actually. It's, it is Italian. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which one's the Greek ice cream? The stuff that Stamos pushes. Isn't that more like yogurt? Greek yogurt is a thing. Oh, it's yogurt. Okay, then that's, <laughs> that's correct. Never had Greek yogurt. I ate some Ben and Jerry's last night for the first time. I was a little worried, but I, I feel okay right now. Okay. I mean, I figure we're in separate rooms. I can handle it. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> the walls start melting. We need. We do need. We need to get more on the on the more promotional for some of these kids. It's nil. Let's make it happen. Yeah, come on, people. We need, we need some creativeness. Let's have fun with it. Uh, I I want to plug this. Nick Roush. Brought this to my attention. I, you know, we've got the the Louisville baseball fall season is, is going on right now. They've played a couple of scrimmages against uh, local schools. I know they played Purdue a couple weeks ago. They had a trip to the Dominican Republic. It's now it's pizza bowl time, and they're actually they're going to have a a scrimmage on game one is going to be Friday at six p.m. and they're going to honor Louisville police and firefighters and celebrate the lives of LMPD officer Nick Rodman and Louisville Fire Sergeant Tim Groft. Um, they're honoring them, both South End guys near and dear to, to Roush's heart who fell mm-hmm. in the line of duty. So that's going to be a, a, a very cool thing if you can make it out there. 6 o'clock is going to be the first pitch at Jim Patterson Stadium. That's Friday. It's game one of the Louisville Pizza Bowl. They'll have, I think, two more games, Saturday and, and Sunday. They do this every year. It's a nice you know, a nice way to give back and also kick off your weekend. We've got, you've got Louisville Volleyball taking on Pitt at the KFC Yum Center Friday night. You can make your way over there after checking out the a little bit of the baseball game. And then Saturday, get comfortable unless you're going up there to pit and get ready for the CW's coverage of the Cardinals versus the Panthers. Stepping on the WB. <laughs> That's what it used to be, remember? <laughs> I I thought the WB and CB, the CW and WB are different. No, WB like formed like like that's what CW ended up being. Well, like, WB is what we have our our TV deal with here. I thought they were I thought they were the same people. No, WBNA is different. I was just thinking of the Chappelle show. I hate that racist frog. <laughs> I never understood why the frog was racist. Yeah. I don't know what to tell you. But I just stepping on the derby, yeah, baby. Did you try to cruise past the uh, the back window yesterday when I was doing the show, by the way? Uh, he, first of all, no, because I saw you in the other studio. I went to the other studio. I thought the lighting uh, would be better. I was wrong. I was, I was, so I was sitting there. I had to use the bathroom afterwards, so I'm sitting in there, and I'm like, what did I hear? I mean, is he talking? Because I was like, I didn't know you were doing the show right after us. Yeah, it was the only time we could do it. Yeah, you uh, you ran in there, I guess, because it was because when I went when I left here, like you know, ten after six, I was like, he's not in the room. I thought you maybe went outside or something. Anyway, so when I got when I was finishing up and ready to leave, I I saw your door still open, and I, that's when I saw you in there. And I thought about because I was like, well, you you were facing the window, so the camp. I did think about going to the window and doing like a like a nipple twist or something, see if I could distract you in some way. But I thought, eh. Well, I appreciate that. Well, it was mostly just that like walking around the building. Yeah, but. fine. Anyway, check out me out on the, the latest <laughs> episode of the Mark Tata Show. We got to take a break. When we come back, hour number two, we'll turn things over to you guys on the Thornton's text line at 502-414-1450. It's the Mike Rutherford Show. Hour two on the way next here on 1450 The Big X.
hour number two. Thursday edition of the Mike Rutherford Show. Do we have a music theme today? Awesomeness. Just awesomeness. Trevor's just going with what popped in his head today. That's every day. So you know, you know you're going to get a few mo- few songs from last night's soundtracks. Always. All Beverly Hills Cop? No, not all. Cause good, the song Good was not out when Beverly Hills Cop was out. What did you watch besides two Beverly Hills Cops? Uh, I watched one American Dad and fell asleep. Well, so the, what can the soundtrack be? Uh, well, this song was off Beverly Hills Cop 1. The first song we played was off Beverly Hills Cop 2, and then the rest is just kind of... Uh, you just like it? I like it. Okay. That's fine. I like it a lot. Uh, Thornton's bringing you the best deals all fall long, all football season long. All you have to do to take advantage is download the Refreshing Rewards app. Very easy to do. Go to your app store on your phone. Search Thornton's. Boom. 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 You're in. You're done. You're reaping the benefits of being a Refreshing Rewards program member. That easy. You're saving money at the pump. If you go inside, you want a cup of coffee in the morning, you're saving money on that as well. Money. And then you're texting us at 502-414-1450. While you're pumping the gas and not drive, but not drive. But not drive. No, no. So while you're in there, make, while you're earning money on Thornton's, you can be texting us on that Thornton's text line. Damn right. They pay you to pump their gas. That's exactly what happens. I mean, that's insane. Do you remember, do you remember full service gas stations? Yeah, the last one just closed. Oh, like, did it? Like last week. Where, where was it at? The one in St. Matthew's on, uh, was it Pruitt's? I think Pruitt's. Uh, it was on the co- corner of Frankfurt Avenue in Lexington. I didn't, I didn't know there was one still up. The last one I remember was the one over by Ballard over off 42. Which I think it's not even, a, I think it's now a Kroger's gas station. That's how long ago it was. But Yeah, Pruitt's, La- Louisville's last uh, full-service gas station. Just closed up shop last week. Uh-huh. It's, uh, it, it's very sad. Like I, so the only time that I went there, the, the only thing that sucks about the location of our house, like we love where we live, we love the area. There's not a gas station that's like real, real close that's convenient. You kind of have to go out of the way if you want to go to a gas station. So like this well, one, this one be probably be cut to the neighborhood over that Circle K on Shelver Road. No, that's not that close. Yeah, like you said, you'd have to cut to the neighborhood to get there though. Yeah, yeah. and also like a lot of times we're going the other direction. The True, water yeah, seats yeah. down Breckenridge. Yeah. Uh, there's there's that one over there in that little Breckenridge shopping center, which now has like one store open. But <laughs> again, the lights there, traffic's always bad at Dupont. Oh, I know, yeah. So, the, the like I went to this one and I I had no idea. I'd always seen it, but I'd never actually gone there. But it was like I was running low on gas. I was in the area. It's the only gas station around. So I stop in there and like the guy like I, I can't even like get out of my car. The guy comes like flying over, and he's like he's like don't he's like we got this, we got this. He's like this is Louisville's only uh, full service gas station. I'm like well this is. This is luxurious. He's like, can I, can I give you a wash? I'm like, sure. Like, no additional charge. He's like, he's washing the car. He's pumping my gas. Just sitting there the whole time. I'm like, I could get used to this. This is fantastic. Did now? Did they offer self service as well, or did, was it just? Is it all full service? I mean, I, it, again, this past, is the only time I've ever went. Okay, because in the past you'd have, but you know, you, you I was funny because when I'm some one of the, my friends who's younger, he's you know, he actually you know played he played soccer with with Harlow. It shows his age, but I was. Brought that up to him one day. I was like, you ever notice why they say self-service on gas? He's like, yeah. He's like, because they used to have full service. And he had no idea. Like, he had to grasp, like, what full service was. And, um, but, yeah, it's – so I wasn't sure. Because some – I remember when I turned 16, like, one of my neighbor, like, as a gift, like, that was, like – she was like, I'm taking you to give you a full tank of gas, and we're going to full service. And we went over that – that that Thornton – it was uh, – when Thornton's, it was a, uh, a Chevron over there. It's now, like, a, I don't know what it is now. We're on Westport and uh, – Westport Road, or by Tap, and we went over there and got and got the full service the gear, and the full service was around for a little while. But I was sad to see the last one go. That's that's yeah. upsetting. I wish I'd known it was that one. I'd gone and gotten uh, gotten some full service gas. 
Very sad. 502-414-1450 is the Thornton sex line. Speaking of gas stations. Texture says, shout out to all the other KTP employees listening on the picket line. Damn right. Hold the line. We're with you. Who's who's on strike? KTP. Okay. Who's KTP? The Ford plant. Oh, okay. Oh, somebody did tell me the Ford plant was on strike. I did hear that. Okay. I didn't know. It's I the didn't... Kentucky truck plant. Ah, I got you. See, I was, uh, yeah. I did hear about that. Hopefully, I'd... I have a lot of friends that work for Ford. Hopefully, that gets settled soon. Texas says, how often have the red-white scrimmages been on TV or streamed in the past? They used to always be on TV. And the last several years, I think you had a couple on stream. But I know, like, I don't, I don't think last year's was on TV. I, I can't even remember at this point. I thought last year's was on TV. Maybe it was. I could swore it was. I mean, maybe, man, I don't know. I thought, I thought I remember watching it, but maybe I'm wrong. It should always be on TV. should always be able to watch. Louisville, it's 2023. Texas says, since Jerry Eves is both the coach and the AD, can he fire himself? I'm curious. <laughs> he would never do that. Texas after hearing scores from Simmons last year, how does Jerry Eves still have a job? Well, there you go. You just got the answer. He's the, he's the, AD, yeah. he's the AD and the coach. He's the president too, right? Probably. <laughs> he pretty much runs the school. Texas says, Mike, it sounds like you think that this year's b-ball team should be as good as we thought last year's team would be at this time. My worry is that if KP gets a third year, we can only realistically expect next year's team to be as good as we think this year's team should be, essentially a 500 team. <laughs> we can do better. And that's somewhat confusing sounding, but I know exactly what he's no, saying. No, I, 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 think it's, I think it's pretty straightforward. No, he did, I mean, you do sound like you did. I thought the same thing a little bit. but uh, it's, it's, it's spot on text. I mean, we both laid out when we hired Kenny Payne our four-year plan for, for Kenny Payne. It was not just Kenny Payne, but any new coach. And year one was... We're playing hard. We're getting the most out of the team. We're showing a, a competent game plan and scheme that we think can work when we get better talent in here. And we're like, you know, like I said, like 14, 15 wins, like right around 500. I think you said you wanted to be in the discussion on Selection Sunday. I was like, I, if they're 500, I'm good with that in year one. And we were not close to 500. Neither, yeah. Both of us were way off on that one. Year two, we both said we want to be in the NCAA tournament. Like that's yeah, I'm not. Yeah, neither of us are delaying our progression no. for because you didn't do your job in year one. I think that any coach who takes a job like Louisville, regardless of the circumstances, unless it's like a multi-year postseason ban, I think the expectation should be make the NCAA tournament in year yeah. two. Year three, I, I think we both agreed, make the NCAA tournament easily. Like go up there, be in the upper echelon of the ACC, have a team that you know we're talking about them, like where what seed we're going to be, not if we're going to make the tournament, and you know. And then every year after that should be every year like that, that yeah. should be the Kenny Payne era at full bore, right? Mm-hmm. All speed ahead. Your system's established. Your talent's in here. This is your culture. This is your program. This is the best you can do. And I, it does kind of feel like they're trying to reset things. I think the texture's spot on. You're going to have a lot of people who, if we go, if we go 15 and 16 this year, 15 and 17 this year. A lot of people are going to be like, well, it's just, it's, this was really the first year. This was really the first step in the right direction. And then next year, and I don't think that, I, I think that that's crap. I do, but I guarantee it's going to happen. And it look, doesn't matter what I think. It doesn't matter what those people think. All that matters is what Josh Hurd thinks. And I, you know, I feel like the things that he's been saying recently lead me to believe that he may be on that boat as well, where it's like if they just, if they play harder, if they look competent. I'm going to be good with it. Kenny Payne's going to get a third year. So, Listen, sports fans, I love living in the world of fantasy reality, too, where 
the Knicks didn't the, the, the Knicks got caught for cheating and the Pacers won that two ninety nine conference finals and the Eagles didn't choke against the Raiders and and, and KP's first year was actually this year. But unfortunately that's that we don't live in the fantasy. You can't do it. Like you, you, you just can't you I mean, can't do it. I mean Rick Bosich I, I saw his column today and he has been very sympathetic towards Kenny Payne, I feel like. Uh, you know, he's been he's been the guy that's broken all the Kenny Payne news. And his story today, you know, he's basically like first year's a throwaway. And this is why it's going to be better this year. I'm like, you can't just, I mean, I, I guess we have to as fans. But you know like, what's sad? I feel like 4-20, and 20, it has to matter at least a little bit in the, in the overall discussion of your current head coach. You know what's messed up is when you talk about the two major sport, football and basketball, and, and again, when I many of sports, and I'm, I'm not sorry, you know, Kelly and everybody else, I'm, I don't mean to dismiss you, but if there's like, if you're going to be like there's a throwaway first year, it'd be football. And Jeff Rom didn't even need that. Well, explain your thinking. Well, because usually, I mean, I know with the with the transfer rules in the day now, it's a little easier to, to win right away in football, probably. And basketball. In basketball, well, basketball, yeah, but in football, it's just with so many more, more more players, more parts, more you know, moving. And it's, I think, I feel like it's you, you can. It's harder to you know to bring someone up from the gutter to depending on what school you're at. Now, if you're going to go to a Tennessee or Nebraska or something, you probably can do it a lot quicker than you should. You should at Louisville. Now, again, it's a little easier now with, with some of the, the, the changes in Utah. Well, that was Brom taking advantage of it, bringing in who he did. But it still should be – like, if you're going to give an excuse for a one-year pass, bringing a, you know, a no, program I, back I, up. I see what you're saying. It I, should be football. And, he, and, and, I think the and issue, he doesn't even need it. And here we are well, in basketball where on. you don't – you shouldn't need it. I, I think the issue is that you're talking – you're trying to act like the situations that the two head coaches inherited were – were similar and they weren't. Like I think we can both agree that basketball was in a worse place than football. was. True, but basketball is also easier to to, to rebound. It is, no, no, no pun intended, but rebound from football. Also, they they won eight games last year. It wasn't a terrible season. It wasn't a, a fantastic season, but it was it was a I think by our own standards, it was a good season. I, for some reason, I still forget we won eight games. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think you do a lot. It's, well, it's, in my fa- in my defense, though, it was this is the most un. Unloving, unfair eight-game winning season ever. I mean, it was a fun season. It was okay. It was. Uh, right, he met expectations. I think most people said if they win, if they go seven and five, that's fine year. Uh, I think we all just want to take the next step. But Brom did inherit a better situation than Kenny Payne walked into. But I also agree with your point that it is easier in this day and age to flip a basketball program very quickly than it is to flip a football program because of the Especially simple fact that you've got fewer players to work with like, yeah you know, i mean you can bring in less you can bring in one player and change your entire program and we're football you really can't point, do that we're seeing that across the country like, like we we have seen that a number of times we saw it with missouri and dennis gates last year we saw it with uh, certainly kansas state and jerome tang last year we are going to see it with more programs as time goes on if you have the goods if you are a a bona fide future superstar in coaching you can walk into a program get a couple of, of key pieces from the transfer portal and you can mold that into something that is more that achieves more than anybody thought you were going to going into the season. I think that you're spot on with that. Texture says uh, again 502-414-1450 is the Thornton sex line. Texture says when I think of the difference between Deion Sanders cleaning house at Columbia, I think he means Colorado, Colorado yeah. after a one-win season and pain saying they don't they need love and not cleaning house at freaking U of L basketball, it drives me insane. We did clean house kind of, didn't he? I mean after year one, after year one. Well, He's saying. Sanders did it before year one. Oh, well, yeah. <sighs> I mean. I think that the the one thing that's out there right now, because let's say that we do, let, let's say for the sake of, of, of argument, we do overachieve this year. And 
I mean, maybe we don't make the NCAA tournament, but we're we're close. We do more than, you know, again, I said Ken Palm, the early human polls, they have us at number 149 in the country, which is, I think, one spot behind Marshall and one spot ahead of Fordham. Ahead of Florida? Fordham. Oh. Not, not Florida. Fordham. <laughs> the worst I, program in the I, A-10. I'm not kidding you not. That might have been most excited in the first 90 minutes of the show I've gotten. We are I was not, like, wow, We are really? not yeah. ahead of Florida in any metric that's out there. I was also thinking, poor that dude San Francisco coach is going to get fired. That's the case. But let's say that we do, and he's killing the portal. Uh, yeah. if, if he doesn't achieve this year, yeah, he might get fired. Gold or something his name? Mike, oh, no, Todd Golden. Todd Golden, yeah, yeah. Todd Golden. If we have a good year, it's still, like, like we're not recruiting the way that we thought we were going to under Kenny Payne. We had a good class last year, even without Trenton Flowers. That's good. That's well, well and good. But the whole talk when you hired Kenny Payne was he may not have experience as a head coach, but he's going to bring in a level of talent that we've never seen here before. You look at the 2024 class right now. Billy Richmond, five-star prospect, just cut Louisville yesterday. Announced his Final Four list. Louisville's not on it. We were recruiting him heavily. We have one commit. From the 2024 class, it's T.J. Robinson, who's not a top 100 guy. I've, I'm on record. I think T.J. Robinson's going to be a good college player. I'm high on him, but he's not a fi- he's not a four star kid. He's not a five star kid. We only have with, with Richmond cutting Louisville. There are only five uncommitted players in the class of 2024 that we have scholarship offers out to. Two of them are not ranked at all. Are are not in anybody's top 150. They don't have a star ranking. One of them is Carter Knox who everyone thinks is going to go to Kentucky. Another one of them has already cut Louisville from his list. And, and then the third, nobody has us as the leader. And that's when, when we've already, Kenny Payne's already established he's not a big fan of the transfer portal. He's going to have to learn to be. Because unless we're going to bring back everybody. Our two, our two best players on this team are supposedly from the transfer portal. Yeah, I mean, I mean, and look, I guess his thinking is that we're going to have a good year this year and then everybody's going to come back. If, that's, if that happens... Awesome, great. Recent history across the country says that it's probably not going to. You're probably, I mean, look, you got Sky Clark because he left Illinois unexpectedly. You got Trey White because he left USC unexpectedly. You're probably going to lose some guy. I mean, you, you can't play ten guys the same amount of minutes. It, it's just, it's not going to work. There are going to be some guys who are disgruntled. They're going to bounce. You're going to have some spots open. You've got to fill them with somebody. Also, how does that mindset work? If you're going to play good, that means usually more people leave than new come back. When you expect, when you think if you if you're overachieving or you're having a good season, it's because your players are playing well, which means more likely they're going to leave and go pro. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that you could. I, I mean, I, I guess his expectation is we use NIL to keep guys around here. I think that he just yes. uh, and, and maybe that's maybe that's his thinking because I I've heard from people who run the five hundred two collective and people who are involved in NIL, they were all saying when when fans were complaining a lot, like five six months ago when we weren't using the portal enough. They were saying, like, Kenny Payne's got a big pool of money to work with. Like, the money is not the issue here. Maybe his thinking is, I don't want to use NIL in, in a pay-for-play situation. Like, I, I don't want to. He's pretty much said this. Like, I, I don't want to go out, recruit a kid who had a great freshman year at Wright State, yeah, and say, we're right. going to give you this to come here and play for us. But we're gonna give it I to do want to use it when guys come here and achieve to keep them around for in situations where otherwise they may go pro. Let's say Trey White has a fantastic year. He's second-team All-ACC. He's better than anybody thinks he's going to be, but he's still like a fringe first-round pick. Like, like a lot of people have him going in the second, mid-second round, and he's he's interested. He would leave in another situation, but we come to him with an offer that's convincing. That you know you've done, you, yeah. you've done well here. You've got an NIL deal. Come back here for your junior season. 
pro basketball is still going to be there after this year. We can maybe not pay you just as much as the NBA could if you get drafted, but maybe you don't even get drafted, and we can give you a a, a salary that is up there with a two-way contract in the NBA for just this year. Like maybe that's how we. He wants to sustain success. I don't know. I don't know what his plan is because he never talks about it. But, <laughs> but maybe like, I'm trying to get in his head. I'm trying to maybe that's his line of thinking. Overachieve this year, bring just about everybody back, add a couple of pieces in the transfer portal, and then really hit the ground running in year three. Because right now it's not happening the way that he said it was going to happen with big time recruits coming in here and developing over time. Because the 2024 recruiting is just going. It's it's going poorly. There's no way around it. On another downer note, apparently Sam Laporta has a calf injury. Why? <laughs> He's been killing it. I know. I've got him on two fantasy teams, too. Oh. He did not practice today due to a calf injury. Oh, well. Gibbs is still out. Jesus. <laughs> Gibbs is out? Did anybody know? Yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> did anybody Are we sure he's injured or he's just not getting the ball? Texas, I was at Foodie Fest last night. I overheard uh, Drew well, Diener on the fest? Yeah, Global Food Fest. Mm-hmm. I overheard Drew Diener on the phone say, "12-year-old coaching legend Trevor Kelsey might be in the mix for the Louisville job in 2020." <laughs> <laughs> you were blowing teams out in all-star games, apparently. Oh, that was it. We we were devastating them. I mean, I, I I've never felt more bad for kids in my life. That was against. I'll never forget Highview. It was out in some. I think we were in the Middletown tournament. You you played the all-star tournaments for St. Matthews, didn't you? One only one time. Okay, we used to go Fern Creek and St. Man J-Town were the ones that we usually did. I want to say this was the J-Town tournament, but I could be wrong. It was was the complete opposite of my favorite moment was when I went to the drawing for one tournament. And uh, I've told you, I think the story was um, Douglas Beaumont. I think it was like his last year was playing in the league. He was, we only went to like 13 in our league. We almost went to 14. And uh, I remember being at the all-star, the the drawing for the, 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 the teams and, one of the guy, one of the other uh, commissioners was like, do, "Do you have Douglas Bowman, but Douglas back in your league this year?" I was like, "Yeah, yeah, he's please don't play all stars." He's like, "Damn it!" Because I mean, he was a nightmare to teams. We'd put him up on that on that on the uh, on the press, and he would just drive those kids insane. He was a little beautiful. The very first uh, baseball all star game I ever played when I was ten, we played Portland Little, Little League. We drew them, and they pitched a girl against us. And we I, we used to have a we had a, I, we had a girl in our league that was pretty good at one point. All I could think of was I was like I can't let a girl strike me. Out. <laughs> He's gone. I, remember, I think I popped out my first at bat. I was like, well, this is a rough start to your all star. I can't remember her name. The girl that played in our league, I think she ended up playing at Kansas. Like she ended up playing D one basketball. Really? Yeah, I forget her name. Say my life, but and it was she didn't go to a huge D one program. But I think I remember thinking she like walked on or she got a scholarship and going to for some reason Kansas pops in my head. But I can't remember why. I don't remember her name. That's my uncle. He'd probably remember it, but. Yep, that was. Uh, they still talk about the stories of my legendary coaching days. Angry guys texted in since we're talking basketball. Oh, angry guy. Well, I mean, really, we're talking basketball. Come on. He says, Mike, does the fallout from Katina and the FBI make you jealous of how Calipari and how he runs a clean program? <laughs> Only coach with two Final Fours vacated, different program. <laughs> That's kind of bug. It it does annoy me a little bit. That, and look, that, that that was all the t- all we all that was brought up about you know when they hired Cal and then we're the ones that end up getting all. I mean, I will, and nobody's going to check the tapes, but you can. I was on record as saying, even before all this stuff started with us, I, I think vacating records and championships and games is the dumbest penalty a lot. And as much as I don't like John Calipari, I was like, you know what? I mean, he went to a Final Four with UMass. He went to the national title game with Memphis. This is, it, it's silly to act like it didn't happen. And 
even though, despite my my generosity there, we still end up getting <laughs> reamed, and every UK fan throws the stolen national title, the vacated national title in our face a million times. I do think it was silly. And when you look at the amount of money that was involved back then, the UMass case is so small potatoes. Camby took like $18,000 or something. Oh, I imagine. Yeah, I remember something. It was, yeah, it was, I knew it wasn't a whole lot. It's, yeah, it's nuts. Texas football talk greater than basketball talk. I agree, but. Well, yeah, I mean, one day hopefully we won't have to say that, but for right now that is 100% true. Oh, wait, I found out last night. I don't know if you saw my tweet. The Christian, the, the quarterback who's going to be for Pitt on. Yeah, how to pronounce his last name. I saw that, and I'm still not going to. It's uh, so his last name Boya, is, isn't it, or something? Not even close. His, his, last name, <laughs> his last name is spelled V-E-I-L-L-E-U-X. So, obviously, it's, Bal- it's French. Balix. So, I was thinking it was like Veyu, Veya. No. It's pronounced Veyer. V-A-Y. The, 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 the phonetics no is V-A-Y-A-I-R. I would have. I've pronounced the name seven different times, seven different ways this week. None of them remotely close. You could have given me 50 tries, and I would have never gotten there. Christian Veyer. Just think Bel Air. Is the quarterback that will be behind center for Pitt on Saturday when Louisville comes up to play. We'll see how that goes. I mean, I don't care how he pronounces his name. When it's all said and done, the smoke clears on Saturday, he's just going to be dog duty. More like Bay not going to be there after Saturday. <laughs> Texture says, FBI got rid of Patino at UofL and put UK at number one ahead of Kansas in all-time wins. Mission accomplished. <laughs> UK's never been a bigger fan of the FBI. It's true. <laughs> Once again, their political leanings conflicting with their basketball leanings. Texture says, don't underestimate Simmons College. Gary Eve said Roosevelt Wheeler wasn't good enough to play for Simmons College. I knew Simmons College. Mike Rutherford, you're no Simmons College. Mike, can you even spell potato? Did he say that about Roosevelt Wheeler? He did say that last year on his radio show. It got around a little bit. I mean, where did Wheeler transfer to? He went to uh, VCU, VCU, right? VCU, correct. Nailed it. How did you know that? I don't remember how I remembered I'm it. shocked that you remember that. <laughs> <laughs> well, because everybody went like back home to local schools pretty much except for Ellis. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I'm pretty – well, Sydney, Sydney's down in – he went to Grand Canyon, right? Uh, is at Grand Canyon. Apparently, he's yeah. very impressive in the early. He, there's a video. He replaced the guy, the last guy we sent Grand Canyon. Well, Aiden Gayon did not play at all. <laughs> no. But Curry apparently has looked pretty good. I think he's he slimmed down again. There was a video of Grand Canyon. They have their their Midnight Madness event or whatever, and they had a like a drone shot of their crowd outside waiting to get in. It was like five miles long. Like those people are insane. It's, I, I respect the hell out of it, but they. Like they are is all it, about is, that basketball. Is, Grand Canyon, is it in Phoenix or yes. is it okay? I wasn't sure which. I mean, there's only three cities in Arizona anyway, really. So. Takes it Arizona. I'm serious. I mean, there's, there's Phoenix, there's Tempe, and there's like Flagstaff, and that's it. Texas, the Alliance self-owned wasn't in the press release. It was then saying that they didn't have anything in writing, but they looked each other in the eyes, and that was good enough. That's what it was. <laughs> it was very much the you have my word. And it's strong as oak. Yeah, from Jerry Maguire. Right. Is that what it was? Okay. <laughs> That's right. That, that the texture is exactly. Right. I knew there was something in there that just made me die laughing, and I couldn't remember what it was. Because yeah, they, they made this alliance. They made this agreement. They, they put out this press release saying this historic agreement, and then at the press at the press conference to announce it, they're like, "Yeah, we don't have anything in writing. We just look literally." Yeah. <laughs> and then like two weeks later, they're like, "Well, the Big Ten's expanding again." And everybody's trying to get in if they can. Next thing you know, Jim Phillips is answering the phone going, take a whip and see if, if Jerry's around. 
<laughs> the alliance is. I, I'm not even like because we're talking about the alliance is one of the funniest things that's ever happened in sports. Oh yeah, absolutely, just comedy hour. Like it's one of those things that you're gonna go back and like tell like John when he's in his twenties about, and John's gonna be like, "What do you mean? What, Dad? What are you talking about? Shut the hell up! Let me play video." Games. Yeah, well, that too. And he's you're gonna be like the alliance, and then he's gonna like, "Dad, I googled it. There's no such thing." <laughs> it's like, yeah, there was. I swear. Look, you can bring up your own. You'll still have your own email. <laughs> Look up the definition of alliance. <laughs> The exact. I was gonna find is like the, the really the, the lame W the lame uh, wrestling uh, group that was called the Alliance at one point. I remember that. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's about is that the same equivalence as the basketball version or college football version? Texas says the tire spot was really good. Thank you. Uh, it was very much exactly what I said was going to happen. It'd would better happen. if you'd done it with a window behind you. Yeah. It, he asked me questions about Jeff Brom and Louisville, and we we talked about the Rudy situation, and then he tried to he. he, he Transition to basketball. And I was like, you said no basketball questions. <laughs> That's the reason I came on. And he went back and looked at the text where he, where he hit me up about doing this. And he was like, he's like, we'll talk Brom, Notre Dame win, football, and whatnot. I was like, whatnot's carrying a large weight in that sentence right there. <laughs> I was like, I was under the agreement. Under you the promised no basketball. That we would yeah, not talk basketball on this podcast. <laughs> and then we talked basketball. Texas, please, Louisville, don't turn into Indiana in basketball. They had a rally to recreate the Watford shot, which means we would have a rally to recreate a drunk Chris Mack and Eric Woods celebration. <laughs> Is that the high moment of Louisville basketball in the last five years? God help me, it is. Beating the worst ju- team just, of our lifetime. And just like the, the oh, FBI is coming to get you, now you hired Cal. Just like that, it bit us in our butt because what was the big phrase in that in that, in that that video? KP won those, those games. games. Yeah, now it's been a rallying cry for the other I side. I mean, that's insane. I mean, wow. Let's look. So since here's the here's the deal. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. I have a Global fans, for you. shut up all together. Since 2019-20, since 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 COVID hit, because that COVID season we at least had. I'll take it back. Like we'll, we'll include that year since Chris Mack got here. What's the high point of Louisville basketball? I know we got to number one, but like a specific game. I feel like a lot of people point to that Michigan game. I was thinking the Duke win, but maybe. Oh, you're, that's probably right. I mean, I, that was a good one. Um, I mean, the, the one in Cameron, I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that was dunked. our last pretty much game win of the year, I think. You're right. Then we lose every game after that. That was probably, I was very excited about that. You're, that one that one sticks out. I mean, other than that, I mean. We beat, we beat the worst Kentucky team in our lifetime by three. Yeah, Michigan. Year. Michigan was a good win. You're right. It was a good win. And it, was good, it was a good environment. The game sucked. Like both teams just did not shoot well at all. They were on their battle for Atlantis hangover. Like we just haven't had. I mean, we did go to North Carolina and wax them in the Dean Dome, which that was a good game. I almost completely forgot about that. Because that it was the largest home loss in yeah, Roy Williams' no, coaching no, career. Yeah, right. Yeah, and that got broken like two weeks later by somebody. It's like, <laughs> like, can we not have anything right now? We can have nothing nice. It's like, was it the Clemson game last year? <laughs> Rick Stansbury's like, don't say the Western Kentucky game. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's no nothing from last year would would make the list. I mean, the only thing from the only thing short of like going back all the way back to like twenty 2020 twenty or twenty twenty one would be like, I don't, I don't, I don't know the Bahama bullies. I mean, oh God. I mean, is that I mean, I'm really grasping the straws here, buddy. That was like a three-quarter serious, one-quarter joke type deal, too. I know, but it was still not, that mixed with uh, Pagese's comments, like, you know, calling video, you know, afterwards, like, are probably the best parts of that whole season, right? Or, or our ACC tournament Tuesday win. I don't even remember what we beat. Do we beat I, Boston we, College or we something? We ended Josh Bassner's career. Oh, that's right, yeah. Yeah. Sent him to NBC. 
getting getting rained out in a, an indoor basketball game? Was that maybe not because <laughs> of the Boston College League delay? We didn't get rained out when we won that game. I mean, yeah, only, only only Louisville basketball in the last three years can they nearly have a rain out in a basketball game. This conversation is making me sad. We're going to break. <laughs> it's we'll come depressing, back. man. More from you on the Thornton Sex Line, 502-414-1450. It's the Mike Rutherford Show. Thursday edition here on It's on a. So it's uh, a very it's a popular movie in the '80s, but it's a corn, really, really corny bad. I remember from a cartoon, but that's not where I'm. I'm sure what you're thinking of. Well, I don't know what movie it's from. Though. From the Warriors. I've never seen it. It's the, the the Warriors is most famous for two things: Shaq's ripping off the "Can You Dig It." That's where he got that from. Oh, um, I didn't know that. I never knew that. Yeah, it's it's a movie about New York gangs and like the one gang leader's trying to like. He's trying to bring everybody together, but then someone kills him. They blame it on the Warriors, the Warriors gang. And uh, and then the other famous scene is the, the bad guy with the bottles. He's clinking them together. He's like, Warriors, right. come out and play. I remember that. I know that one. Those like the two, yeah. Those, outside those two scenes, yeah, the other movie is it's bad. It, it was redone in the American Dad scene when Brian, when um, the gangs are chasing, um, I think it's uh, when, when, um, uh, Steve does the revenge on the girls, and they're being chased by all like the clicks. Okay, that's it's it's a, a I know mocking, the, yeah. I, I know the song is on an episode of Rick and Morty. That's oh, I was that, yeah. I, I like Rick and Morty. That's my response. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Uh, quick correction: I, I was talking about the Pizza Bowl earlier. Again, Saturday they're going to have a benefit for two fallen officers. It's going to be a, or Friday night, I should say, at six o'clock out there at Jim Patterson Stadium. Game one of the Pizza Bowl. Sean Moth, uh, Texas, and Pizza Bowl is actually five games. There are uh, there's the one going on tomorrow night at six o'clock. Saturday, game two will be at one p.m. Game three will be on Tuesday, October seventeenth at three, and then game four next Friday, October twentieth at six, and then the final game Saturday, October twenty first at one p.m. The game tomorrow and then the game next Friday and Saturday will all be on ninety three nine The Villa. So if you want to hear Sean Moth calling the the action of the Pizza Bowl, you'll be able to do so. Get an early taste of Cardinal baseball. Nothing better than fall baseball. Even when it's not in season for us, just hearing Sean call baseballs off. It's Sean calling baseball. What do you, you know? What more could you want? What more could you? Still got to get a hold of him and do my voicemail. Whatever happened with the you doing the the wedding vows for the people that were going to France? Oh, I forgot all about that. Did you just drop the ball there? Well, I mean, he. I remember he think he don't ever email me back. I forgot all about that. I'm glad you mentioned you it. cursed a marriage. You probably made them not get married. I've ruined many marriages in my time, but I mean, usually not on purpose. Have you really? No. Well, I mean, I don't think so. I hope not. <laughs> I've never been with a married woman. Wait, wait, hold on, let me think about that. Real Easy. Quick. Come on. Well, I think they were separated. 
Well, Scoots did admit it on the show that he did. One but like they were like separated, like the divorces hadn't gone through yet. Like it wasn't like they were like, the, the, yeah. No, I wouldn't do that because I've been cheated on. It's not cool. Thank you for that. I, 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 yes, I mean, this might shock some people. For once, you might sit down uh, from shock of hearing this. Trevor does have some morals. <laughs> it's very, very tiny little conscience. It's like Rogers, but I mean, it's it's there. And it's like don't you know if she's if she if they're married, don't mess with it. I love that you're kind of like Michael Scott, where in the episode where he's he'll he'll, he'll, he'll binge watch a certain like Netflix, like back when Netflix was a thing, he would binge watch a bunch of like films in a row by the same actress like he was he was doing the Meryl Streep stuff so every day he came in and he was just making references to like different Meryl Streep films and they're trying to guess which one whenever you're binge watching a show it's just constant references to that show you were doing King of the Hill like like a month ago like everything you were like it's like that King of the Hill episode and now you're just doing American. constant references to American Dad <laughs> like, I'm like Roger I'm like 90% of people don't know what you're talking about that are listening right now it is true I do I do that's a good point I never thought about it. I subconsciously was doing that you should not tell people what you've, you're binging next and we'll all have to guess <laughs> at least in this one you watch American Dad so you're at least getting the reference I do but most people I think don't no but most people don't get any reference I use Again, I still like Sam and Diane back there. It's like he's watching Cheers. Cheers is a good show. I mean, you may, you may, maybe the next rewatch. I mean, <laughs> how's it going there, Norm? It's a doggy dog world, and I'm wearing milk bone underwear. Um, I just, but again, I told you just earlier in the week, my references aren't for the masses. It's for that small nine percent out there, like the guy who got uh, what was the reference, uh, my TED reference the other day. Yeah, that's for I do I do it for those small percentages out there. I applaud that. I'm I'm the voice of the voiceless, the man of the people. I enjoy esoteric jokes. If you get it, congrats. I'm assuming that's a good thing because I don't know what that means. Meant for a very few group of people that that understand. It's meant for everybody, but if only a few understand, then I can't help it. That's fine. Five zero two four one four fourteen fifty Thornton Sachs line. We'll take some more texts to wrap up hour number two here. Texture says, "Yay, the alliance quote you're thinking of is is when Jim Phillips said it's about trust. We looked each other in the eye and made an agreement." Continued. If I if a signed contract is what it takes to get something done, then we've lost our way. That's that's the quote. That is the money quote. That's incredible. If a signed contract is what it takes to get something done, then we've lost our. No, no. You know the thing. No, that's, Jim. That's the that's what keeps the world going round. The thing that has ended deals for centuries now. If that's if that's what it takes to make this thing work, then we've lost our way. I mean. I mean, at some point when they said, like, can we fire this dude as commissioner? I mean, how is he? He's had a rough go of it here. I mean, well, gee, I wonder why. I mean, if you poop in your bed, don't be shocked. You wake up smelling like crap. I mean, that's what happens. Texture says, did you see that one of the riders for The Athletic voted for Ashton Gelati in his uh, life season Heisman poll? They also had a write-up about his NFL potential. I have a feeling the season is the last we see of Ashton. I totally. I think Ashton's gone after this year. What is his measurements? Because I, I know he's a little smaller, though, right? Uh, I mean, I, I can't tell you off the top of my head. I can't either. So, thank you for bringing it up, then. Well, I my head's more. Just like in that American Dad episode. It's just, <laughs> just like when Roger was wrestling. He's six three two seven. Yeah, he's 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 gonna be an end, but yeah, he can do it. Yeah, I mean that's kind of what he's doing now. He's he's. 
beating up left tackles every single week. He's got to learn to play a little bit with his hand off the ground. That's you have to two seventy even in the NFL now. You can you do that. He did a little bit, a little bit of that last year, good, so I think good. he can probably. I don't think that's going to be an issue, but I do agree. I think he's probably gone after this year. Probably Heisman vote. I think maybe a little bit much, but well, if, he, if he's it. doing I enough like defensively it. to be at a Heisman vote, then 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 I got a pretty good odds that we're going to be in a, in the talks for, for the playoffs. Texas says we could have uh, Ramon per year get an NIL deal with Goodyear. Put him on the blimp and be the Grand Marshal of the Balloon Glow. I'm okay with that. I also thought about this last Per year is a good year. I was texting with with Jeff Greer about Ooh, the red-white scrimmage and stuff. Dropping. We were going back and forth, and he was talking about how you know, he hears so many good things about Trey White. Mm-hmm. And then we were talking about recruiting going poorly, and I'm like, this is just more evidence. Do you remember when Trey White committed after his visit on Balloon Glow weekend? That's right, it was, yeah. The magic of Balloon Glow recruitment. If Jeff Brom doesn't capitalize on this, then I, I may be off the Brom train. I don't care if he goes 13-0 this year. I don't care if we win the national title. If he doesn't have every recruit in town next May slash late April, whenever the Balloon Glow is this year, what's he thinking? The Balloon Glow magic is a real thing. It is. It is, it is proven. It's proven the bit of pudding. Texas says NIL deal. Come do Pilates with Gelati. I like that. <laughs> Come on. That's clever. I like it. Have him do like you do the comedy thing. Have him doing like the... Let's get physical. You're doing, like, exercises and stuff? Yeah. That'd be cool. Texas, did you listen to Rick Pitino's interview on Boomer Esiason's radio show? He said he hates doing NIL fundraising and doesn't think that the whole model is sustainable long-term. I didn't listen to it. I saw his quotes where he was was basically talking about, like, it's a a seven-day-a-week job to just fundraise, fundraise, fundraise. And, I mean, I I don't know if it's sustainable or not. But it's definitely the way of the world for the next for the foreseeable future. It's not yeah. going anywhere. And, and Rick, look, I mean, he's he's good at it. So Rick, you're not work that hard. You're in New York. They're, they're, trust me, the, the, the money the money will come. Texas is pumping your own gas is actually illegal in New Jersey. All gas stations are full service. I didn't say it because I've brought it up so many times. You have I brought it up a lot. I was like, I, I, thought I, was like, gonna, I knew that. I knew that's the only reason I held back on it because it's funny because another buddy of mine actually, uh, my buddy Yates, texted me the same thing. And I'm like. Good lord! So one time I don't bring it up that I know this, and like now everybody's gonna text and say it to us. Um, because it's also and I and he when I, I replied to him I was like yeah, and it's also legal in Oregon. He said that, like I guess maybe you looked this up a few months ago they've changed that now you can pump your own gas in Oregon, and I believe you can do it in certain parts of New Jersey now. It's not illegal in the entire state anymore. But okay. I tell you the first time that happened to me, it's it, crazy. It it, it, it kind of blew my mind. It still blows my mind. I mean I, I know I know I, you laughed and I talked to you you know how I, I had been through full services growing up you know at the time in Louisville but. You know, this is, I think when I went to the happening in Jersey, I want to say it was 20, it was 2013. Um, it was, no, it was 17, which is not too long ago because it was when I was up there for the NFC title game. And I was staying in New Jersey and I, I stopped, it was cold, it was freaking cold. So I was actually kind of glad. I was like, okay, thanks. But like, I was going to use my car. They're like, okay, that's fine. I'm like, okay. And he takes the car and runs it inside and rings it up. And I'm like, good Lord, man. Do, world, I, man. do I tip? I don't know what to, you know. I, that's the thing. Do I was we like, shake hands after this. Yeah, do I like, give you a fist bump? I mean, you're, you're out here. It's like it's like 20 degrees out. There's snow on the ground. Like you, you're sitting out here in like this big winter coat, having to pump everybody's gas. I'm like, I don't. Like I gave him a five dollar bill. I was like, I, I feel like you should dip, right? I, I mean, yes, yeah. That's it. I just if it was summertime, I probably wouldn't bother me as bad. But it's the winter, and I'm like, dude, this is gonna suck, man. Texture says, and you live in New Jersey. Texture says. I'm black, so I can say this and not be racist. Okay, this is. <laughs> First of all, how this do we feels know? like a trap? Okay, how I do we? Even I don't know, think I should be able. How to do we even know that's true? By the way, I don't know if I should. For, so, for all we know, you're you're like 
you're you're paler than I am, Texer. I don't think I can fall for this one. Okay. I will read on. He's not that bad. I'm black, so I can say this and not be racist. KP sounds like a bad black preacher who's been recycling the same sermon for the past 20 years. I don't think you Once again, to. I did not say that. <laughs> that is not a statement by either Mike Rutherford, Trevor Kelsey, or anybody else affiliated with the Big X radio station. Yeah, I said enough to piss people off. That was a text. <laughs> um, first of all, I don't think that was really racist, was it? I mean, and, per- and second, I don't think you can just drop the word black. You can just say bad preacher. You're not dragging me into this. I'm not. <laughs> I'm just saying. Why are you? Why are you giving this any more attention? I don't think. I don't think there had to be. It's time to move on. It's time to skate. It's time to turn the page. <laughs> picture of his hand is black. <laughs> he did just send in. He just texted in a picture. Of his hand. I love you. If we if we still gave out uh, gift cards to to restaurants that don't exist anymore for a text of the day, you would be getting the text of the day. You're light skinned but you're black. <laughs> I, I stand corrected. I'm sorry, Texter. Texas says, who is the B-ball staff even recruiting? We would take a step back next year at this rate. We just talked about it. Yeah, we, we got one recruit. T.J. Robinson is, well, he's not, we're not recruiting him anymore. He's committed. But we have we have five players in the class of 2024. I think, I mean, we're in, it's easy to say we're in on some good kids in the, in the 2025 and 2026 classes because back in the day, we were in on some kids in the 2024 class as well, and then it just kind of has, has fallen apart. But, I mean, it, it's been losing Billy Richmond is not unexpected, but not good. He's a guy that you prioritized back in the day. Uh, it seems like everybody else that we've prioritized in that class has has gone ahead and cut Louisville. Um, I, mean, I, I guess there's still hope for Carter Knox or Bryson Tucker. We're not leading for either one of those guys, according to anybody who's out there. And then the other two kids that we've offered that are in the 24 class are not ranked prospects that we're competing with, like Miami of Ohio and Towson for. So... This all started. We with, should with, land them. This all started with DJ Wagner. I missed the DJ Wagner update of the day. I mean, that's we didn't get DJ, and and since then we're not getting anybody. No offense to Sky and and, and Trey. Well, those are transfers. Okay, you're right. I, no, I guess no disrespect to Dennis. Then I love Dennis. Don't ever disrespect Dennis. Not in front of me. <laughs> well, not in front of you. Dennis is going to have an Anthony we're Davis type freshman season. Do you see that stat line? Two separate rooms. Anthony Davis. <laughs> Take a back seat. There's a new seven-foot freshman sensation in town. Did he play guard in middle school? Probably. Texas, can we please just talk about football? <laughs> like how Brom and staff think this will be the least talented roster they will have, and we're still 6-0 and and beating the hell out of Notre Dame. That's a fact. I had one of my Kentucky friends, friends call me last night. And Brands. I mean, Brands. Shut up. The southern, southern, one, southern part comes out at me sometimes. And it just he had me in tears almost laughing because of how much he was just Hating on Notre Dame. He's a big UK fan. He's just like, Notre Dame, you know they suck, right? They're just not very good. I'm like, good Lord, man. Can you can you just let it slide for a week, man? I know you don't want to give us credit, but you really... I mean, he spent the entire time just bashing Notre Dame. Then he was like, well, you think Ohio State's pretty good? I'm like, I don't know. You shouldn't. They barely beat Notre Dame. Copium. <laughs> I have listened to a couple more of the, the, the Notre Dame podcast just from a purely pettiness perspective. They are all kind of the same, where there's a little bit of credit given to Louisville, but the overwhelming, the, the prevalent theme is we were terrible, and Louisville's not that good. How could we be this bad? We just led an egg in this game. Like, like they, are very, they are very salty about this. And again, it reeks of people that just don't want to admit that they were wrong with their pregame assessment because 
all of those pregame predictions that we saw, all of those, you know, fan riders, fan sites, it was all very much like Notre Dame's going to win and they're going to cover and cover oh, yeah. pretty easily. And now, like, you have this thrown in your face. And it, it, it can't just be maybe we misassess Louisville. Maybe Louisville's a lot better than we thought they were go than they were based on what we saw against NC State and Georgia Tech and these other teams. It's all we suck. And what the hell was that? And these coaches aren't calling great games. We're tired, all this stuff, midterms. It's just that there's no credit whatsoever for, for Louisville. No, it was clear. I mean, I brought the, when we talked about this, I, I've mentioned it, and I'm 100% believe it now. That most people just judged us by looking at our box scores. And I get where they, why they're confused on how well we played, but the, the box scores leading up to that Notre Dame game with us were utterly misleading on how good of a team we really are. I think even if you watched the NC State game, you, you, you see would have been turned the ball over six times. What? I mean, didn't we have like or four times? Yeah. Three times. Was that was four? I Both two. teams turned the ball over three times. Oh, I thought Plummer had two picks and two fumbles. No. We would have, but you also would have seen us not be able to run the ball at all. Yeah, like we ran it all over Notre Dame. Yeah. We all, but that, that also the only game we didn't run the ball was NC State. Mm-hmm. I mean, you watch another game, you'll see that we have run the ball well everywhere else. Well, yeah, but I mean against. Georgia Tech and Murray State, you, you kind of expect that. I'm just saying, like, I, I get why they had some confidence based on In Boston College a little bit. Well, yeah, we ran it all over Boston College. Yeah, everything Boston College. Boston College sucks. <laughs> we had our way with them. But the fact of the matter is, like, they just got punked up front, and they didn't think that was remotely possible, uh, and they're not willing to admit it anymore. Texture says, Mike, my wife uh, forced me to shave the mustache. You mentioned on uh, Wednesday it'll be raining for the pit game. Add in Brom's trap game curse. I'm not feeling great about this. You need to divorce her right now. People keep talking about this, the, the, the Brom trap game curse, right? The Yeah, I'm hearing about it. I mean, it's it, it's everywhere, and I get it. Like, like They had three huge wins at Purdue, and they lost the very next game every single time. They, they had the Ohio State win. And they lost at Michigan State the next week. They beat Iowa when Iowa was top five, and they lost to Wisconsin. They beat Michigan State when Michigan State was top five, and then they lost to Ohio State. I think some context Fairness, here. Those three teams were all way that, That's where I'm going. That. Some context here. I mean, you've, their next three games in all of those situations, their next game was against a team that they were an under, underdog against. Yeah. We are a seven-and-a-half-point favorite. This is a very different situation than the ones like – I don't even know. Can you call it a letdown if you were expected to lose the next game? You know, it, it's, I mean, Michigan State's the only one. I don't know how good they were that year, but yeah, it was at Wisconsin, which I'm sure Wisconsin was probably big time favorite, and Ohio State I know had to been a favorite. What well, the Wisconsin game and Ohio State games were both at home. The Michigan State game after beating Ohio State was away, was on the road. Matter, really, it, they were. Yeah, Michigan State's the only one that probably wasn't a better team that year, and maybe they were. I don't know. I can't remember what year that was. The point is, all yeah, I mean, all three times I think the other team. Was, was a better team than they were, clearly, because twice they were home underdogs. So this is a very – I, I get why you bring it up. I get why everybody is saying, you know, watch out. Every single time that Brom does something like this, he turns right around and spits the bit the next week. Not really. They just lost games they were supposed to lose. This would be spitting the bit. If you go up to Pitt and lose to a bad Panther team that you're favored to beat by over a touchdown, then you can say that was just fatigue. That was a hangover from a big win. These other games, they just lost to better teams. And Not that Michigan. happens in football. Looking at Michigan State probably is the worst of all. I don't think there's, they're not as bad as Pitt is this year, but they did him going like 7-6 and six that year. But I, the point still stands. They yeah. were an underdog in that game, and that Purdue team was not great. Yeah, because on the road especially, yeah. We are, I think, you know, we have proven more at this point in the season than any of those Purdue teams had, 
mm-hmm. we're playing a, a a team that is very clearly inferior to us. Again, if we lose this week, you can sure that narrative works. It was just a thinking too much about Notre Dame, overlooking the next opponent, hangover, all that good stuff. But I don't think that you can look at the pat and say this is a pattern because it, it's not. This is a wildly different situation than the one that Brom was in after all of these games at Purdue. We're better than they were, and the team we're playing is worse than those teams that they played. Texture says, uh, if Jurich were still the AD, would Brom be our coach if there was an opening like last year? Probably not. Yeah. Honestly. Then again, I never thought Jurich would bring Petrino back, so I, I, I can't say ne- ne- never. I can't say never. Which I do make that point, the, the same exact point, whenever this discussion comes up. Because was there a rift between Jurich and the Brom family? Yeah. yeah uh, there, there was a big one. He, Cragthorpe did some pretty crappy stuff to the Brahms, and Jurich at that time stood by his man. It pissed off the Brahms. Understandably so. It should yeah. have. But who's to say what would have happened over the the six years that have transpired since Jurich got fired and now? Maybe, like, like he, I, I think he never expected to talk to Bobby Petrino again, and they had a, you know, Bobby Petrino drove through the night one time to have this meeting with him, this, this famous meeting at the stadium, and, you know, they came to an agreement and got on better terms, and then eventually... Jurich brought him back. I mean, maybe if – I don't think, and maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think that Tom would be so stubborn that in 2018 he wouldn't have heard all the outcries from the fan base saying, bring Jeff Brom home, bring no, Jeff Brom home, bring Jeff Brom home. And if that were the case, and he he really and truly – because what mattered to Tom more than anything was winning. He, and if he, he thought that Brom could win games here at a high level, he would have gone, I think, out of his way yeah. to swallow his pride and let bygones be bygones and bring Jeff back. But if it didn't happen, like, like if that didn't happen where Jurich didn't come to them – and say, like, look, I made a mistake, I was wrong, let's talk this out, then no, I don't I don't think Jeff would have come here if nothing had changed. Because yeah. there was some definitely some bad blood. It had been on Jeff, yeah, because I agree with you with with with, with Jurch. No one Jurch embraced the Nino Brown perspective better than anyone without the drugs, and that is, you know, it's never personal, it's only business. And business comes before personal. The Petrino story is nuts, by the way. Matt, I, mean, I really never thought he'd come back. I, I think. I, well, I think it's all out there now. But like Bobby called him in the middle of the night and was like, "He just wanted to get out of Western that bad." Well, no, he wasn't even at Western. This was after he got fired at Arkansas. Oh, okay. And he was like, "Yeah, you know, this is when he's like, a, he's he's a man without a country, basically." And he like calls George and he's like, "There are things I want to say." Like, and and he's like, "Do you?" He's like, "I want to have this conversation in person." So he like drives through the night from Arkansas to Louisville, meets Tom at the stadium. They go up to like the AD suite. And have this big conversation where like Bobby's bawling and crying and saying like I, I'm so sorry for like everything I did and all the, and like that kind of lays the foundation. He ends up getting the Western job and then a couple years later he's here. But that's a it's it's a very it's an it's an insane story. I remember I don't remember which which uh, yeah, I go to break here. I don't remember which Brooks it was or not that it posted out the last phone call he made was to Greg Brom. I don't remember that. Yeah, it, was, it, was, it was about realtor stuff, but yeah, it was just funny. <laughs> All right, 5 o'clock hours on the way next. We'll take more text. Got a couple more things to get to. The Mike Rutherford Show, Thursday edition here on 1450 and 96.1, The Big X. The Big X, Sports Radio, 1450 and 96.1 FM, WXVW, Jeffersonville, W230CK, Jeffersonville.
Which, uh, which Beverly Hills top is this from? This from four. This is from one four, yeah. Beverly Hills Cop 6. Beverly Hills Cop 2022. You know, no, you know who doesn't get enough credit in Beverly Hills Cop? Who's that? Inspector Todd, his boss. Okay. He has some of the best lines, and one of which I can't even say on the air, because it's maybe one of my favorite lines in the second movie. When, when he's, when he, when he, when, Al, when, when Axel tells him, I'm thinking about something. He's like, don't think, Axel. Make, I can't, I can't finish the sentence. Five o'clock hour here <laughs> of the Mike Rutherford Look Show. You're on 1459.61 The Big X. We've talked a lot about last night's red-white scrimmage, some basketball topics in between. Makes a little bit of football involved. Uh, so Louisville is 6-0. I don't know if yes, you've heard this. I don't know if you've, you've seen this. You guys seen this? You guys heard about this? There are 14 remaining undefeated teams in college football. There is a very real chance that based on the schedules, we could have more undefeated teams at the end of the season than there are college, college football playoff spots. One, how many of the undefeated teams do you think you can name, Jeff? I mean, there's 14. 14. I can name. I, Without taking too much time. I feel like we're doing name this dude. I can name eight. I mean, you, you can get more than eight. You think I can name 10? I think you can. Okay. Well, Louisville's one. Correct. Uh, Georgia. Correct. Michigan. Correct. Ohio State. Correct. Florida State. Correct. Penn State. Correct. Washington. Correct. Oregon. Correct. That's eight. USC. Correct. That's nine. North Carolina. Correct. That's ten. Um, uh, Oklahoma. Correct. That's 11. Um, uh, Liberty. Correct. That's 12. And oh, now we talked about these two teams yesterday. Oh, crap. In the longest winning streak debate. Oh, uh, James Madison. James Madison's 13. Uh, what was the other one we talked about in the debate? I mentioned Florida State. Oh, Recently lit us up in a bowl game. Air Force. <laughs> According to you. That game was 38 to nothing. I feel like every time I talk about it, the game gets worse and worse. Like in, within five years, it's going to be like 82 to nothing. And they had a Teen Wolf out there. They threw for 650 <laughs> yeah. yards. They had a guy that had a guy that caught his own touchdown pass for 82 yards. Scott Satterfield was <laughs> sobbing on the sidelines. He got down to the fetal position and just cried the whole fourth quarter. <laughs> he did. He did like Waterboy ran behind it and ran under his desk for the second half. Your great grandson's gonna be like, "This sounds fake. Like, there's, there's no way this happened." It's like walking. I'm telling to, you. It's like when I walked to school up uphill both ways. Air Force had 700 passing yards on eight attempts. Like, I don't think that that's possible, Grandpa. Look it up. <laughs> Quarterback broke a, broke a record for 12 touchdown passes in a quarter. We lost by 45. It's yeah. like this, we lost they're, by three. They're still scoring, young pup. <laughs> so 14 teams, only 13 are eligible for the college football playoff because James Madison is is still in its second year transitioning to FBS. Now, they are, they're doing the Bellarmine thing. They're, they're protesting this. They're, they're trying to appeal to be bowl eligible this year, which is, I mean, come on. You know, they were good last year. They're even better this year. They're you know, already they're six and zero. Oh. Let them play in a bowl game. What's to say is this isn't even like because Georgia State went to this exact same thing just a couple years ago. Yeah, when they transitioned and they won the Sun Belt. It's silly. It's very. And silly. Like, so you think at some point, like the schools that are transitioning are doing are are at least they're they're, they're smart enough to do it to when they can compete at, at a decent level at this at this level. Let us not forget. They're not just jumping. Barely Dickinson, which upset Purdue in the first round last year, did not win its regular season or tournament title last year. <laughs> Mary Mack won the Northeast regular season and tournament championship and didn't get a chance to play in the NCAA tournament. It's the dumbest rule in college sports. It is, yeah. Rectify it, please. They looked at it again last year and still said no. 
Uh, Bellarmine should have played in the tournament two years ago. It's just yeah. it's very very dumb. It's amazing. So, that's, a, that's a dumbest thing in a, in a, in a division. It's saying something so, for yeah. sure. So you've got 14 undefeated teams. 13 are eligible for the college football playoff. There is a I was wrong by saying just a few. Eight of those 13 teams could technically end up finishing undefeated entering conference championship week. Yeah, Michigan, Ohio State, and they all play. There could Washington, be three, plays Oregon this week. Yeah, there could be three unbeaten from the ACC since FSU, Louisville, and UC don't play each other. But the remaining conferences can only have one unbeaten. The grade eight, Air Force from the Mountain West, Liberty from the Conference USA, uh, Florida State, Louisville, and UNC from the ACC, Oklahoma from the Big 12, and one team each from the Big 10 and Pac-12. So, Brett McMurphy broke down the the percentages of each team's chance to finish 12-0 and 0 based on their projected point spreads. They give Georgia a 91% chance of finishing 12-0 and 0 their toughest test is at Tennessee. Oklahoma, 87%. Toughest test at Kansas. Florida State, 82%. Toughest test at Florida. Can you imagine saying that sentence five years ago or any other point before today? It is nuts. So <laughs> I'm going to fast forward to the end here. We are actually the lowest. We have the lowest chance of finishing 12-0 and of any of these teams. That just has to be because they feel they think we're the lowest talented of the teams. They give us a 67% chance and have our toughest test, cover years, Kentucky fans, at Miami. So, I mean, all these, they give everybody in the field better than a 67% chance of finishing 12-0 and in the regular season, which seems wrong. And honestly, we have the easiest schedule probably of anybody short of maybe Liberty and Air Force. Yeah, they, I mean, they have UNC, they give them a 75% chance, and they have to play at Clemson. Yeah. And that's their toughest test. I mean, I, I would think that we would have a better shot, but maybe they just, their, their model has us being worse than all these other teams by a fairly wide margin. I think Penn State's, they only have Ohio State, so I don't think they play Michigan this year. Yeah, they have Penn State, 82% chance, toughest test at Ohio State. Ohio State, 79% chance, their yeah. toughest test is at Michigan. Michigan, well, they got to play Penn State. I mean, yeah, Washington, obviously, I don't play Oregon, I think, this week or next week. And the, then, their toughest test is at USC, apparently. And then they got USC, of course, yeah. Liberty's so. toughest test is at Western Kentucky. I believe that, yeah. I mean, Western's going to put points. It's, that's an upset way to happen. I believe it. Oklahoma, it, but yes, because well, the Big Twelve does. They don't play. They don't play a championship game this year again. No, they do. Okay, so how's Oklahoma? Oklahoma could have a tougher test than Kansas. They can end up playing Texas again. Again, this, these are the percentage chances for everybody to finish twelve and up. Oh, regular season. Okay, yeah, not like, conference. My bad. Okay, sorry. Well, in that case, and yeah, that that just thinks that, that they just think less of our team as a team then because we have the easiest schedule by far. I mean, can you imagine us being twelve and zero? Yeah. I, here, here, this will be the most local thing of all time. <laughs> like, you ever think about hosting a TV show? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the most local thing of all time would be for us to go 12-0, and 0, to get left out of the ACC championship game, and then to get left out of the playoff because there's too many undefeated teams. I'd be like, this is, this is ridiculous. The year before the playoff expands. I mean, though, think about, though, what does that do, though, that say that happens? And we I'd go, boycott the bowl game. Well, we go to a bowl game, we win it, and then for the rest like, rest of our days and lives and beyond our generation, we're going to talk about how we should have been the national champion because they were afraid to play us. I would recognize us as a national champion. We, we, we can make fun of Central Auburn Florida? fans and UCF as I, much as we want. I, I, I would call ourselves the national champion. I didn't make fun of Central Florida fans. I thought they deserved it. They, they, they should, they, they got, I would have done the exact same thing. I would have done it, too, with them. Uh, if the system sucks... Voice your complaint. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying it's. I listen. You know me. I want. I want to play. I want. I want Florida State to stay on the schedule. I want Clemson to stay on the schedule. But if that was to happen, and we and we and they, we got screwed in that way. Went 13-0. At least we'll, 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 they can't bring us down. You can you can say we would have lost, but you'll never know. You can't prove it. 
And we, we, would were, theoretically, we were the best team. We would theoretically beat somebody very good in our bowl game. Well, yes. Well, whoever it is, I'm sure everybody will say that they were overrated. I'm sure it'll be like Ohio State if they lost to Michigan. Everybody like, oh, well, they weren't really that good, remember? A couple of the, the Florida excuse that we heard after. Right. After we were I, I, I know we're going to turn our full attention to Pitt tomorrow. Yeah. But a, a couple of Pitt Louisville facts and figures to, to kind of just set the table. Little appetizers. Yeah. I had so you know we, you and I have both alluded to the fact that we have struggled with Pitt over the years, especially on the road. I don't think I fully realized. Did you know that we've lost eight of the last ten games against them? Has it been that many? That's I mean we had lost eight of nine before last year's win. That's a lot. Like they have, it I, is. I, I knew that they had gotten the better of us. I hadn't realized it had been that. And this dates back to the Big East days because you know they were a coastal division opponent, so we didn't play them every year here. They lead the series ten to nine only, though. But right, because but, I think we had their our way with them for a little bit when we first joined the Big East, and then in the later years, I mean, they beat that really good Charlie Strong team in twenty eleven. Like they always gave us fits, but they have they've done pretty well against us. It, it, it's kind of wild how dominant they've been. Can, I don't know if you just looked, but can you guess the last time that we beat them in Pittsburgh? Um, that would have been well, twenty twenty one, right? No, that was that was yeah, that was a bit. We won that game. No, twenty 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 one, we lost. We we beat them last year at home. That we have not won at Pitt since twenty twelve. Oh, okay, I'm, I'm, I think I'm looking at Pitt. I don't think I'm looking at the wrong thing. Are you looking at the series on Wikipedia and, and looking at the wrong team? Yeah, I'm probably looking at a little. Yeah, I think I'm looking at the pit version, the little version. Yeah. Yeah, they beat us at, in the COVID year. They beat us 23-20 up there. We beat them 24-10 here last year. Those are the only two times we played them with Satterfield. We've not won there since a 45-35 win in 2012, which coincidentally, if you're looking yeah. for a good vibe, was the last time that we moved to seven and zero on a season. So, we talked about all the bad juju of playing on October 14th this weekend. That game was October 13th. Maybe some good juju there. Yeah, we'd beaten them seven in a row before this last streak. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, then they beat us four, and then we've bought, we've we've gone two and two in the last four games. Do the Crackthorpe games really count though? <laughs> I say no. So the Johnny Major games count in '76. I mean, we were thinking about giving up football. Congrats <laughs> on your 55-10 win in '83. Yes, it was, it was actually 63 to 14. No, that was 82. Oh, you're right. My bad. <laughs> Sorry. You read. No, I just looked at the wrong years, right next to each other. Um, First of all, screw you. I got a 14, okay? You did. I can read. You definitely can read. I can read. Can you read? Can you see my hand coming across your face? I can't because you're in a different room. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. Pitt, this, here's a scary stat. Okay. Pitt it's has October. Beat, scariness. Pitt has beaten at least one ranked team each of the last seven years. Really? Now that's scary for us, but scary and shocking. But, but, but I like buts. four of their last seven games this season are against ranked teams, so it doesn't have to be us. <laughs> it could be somebody else. It could be Notre Dame. It could be Florida State. It could be Duke. It could be the end of that streak. First of all, yeah, there's, <laughs> there's a very real possibility. It's just that streak, that's so. what it might be. Speaking of streaks, they need to go five and two over that stretch to avoid missing a bowl game for the first time since 2017. Hmm. 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 Narduzzi's not on the hot seat, is he? I, I don't think so. I, I mean, I, it may be one of those situations where, depending no, on how they finish, if he goes like 3-9 and nine or 4-8, and eight, then next year there could be a little bit of pressure. But he's definitely not going to get fired. Yeah, this has to be a 
2018, we're giving up on everybody situation for them to be fired, I think. And I still think he did that. He's had, I mean, since he's been there, he's only had one losing record, and he's won more than eight games or more multiple times. I think you look at this and say, we just took a bad quarterback in the portal. Yeah. And it tanked us. Yeah. And who knows? Maybe this Christian Veyer kid winds up being their savior. I hope, hopefully not, because that'd be bad news for us. But yeah, he's been pretty damn good there over the years. Yeah, that 17 season was his only losing year at five and seven. So yeah, I agree. He probably won't get by, but uh, he's not going to win this weekend, though. They uh, pit usually a very productive run game. That's been their MO over the years. They're averaging just 115.6 yards per game on the ground. Yeah, they had the same bad. running back last five years. It was good, too. The guy I can't pronounce his name. Is he? Yeah. Yeah, he was a good running back, yeah. That's, they that's they averaged 183 yards per game last season on the ground, so almost 70 yards fewer this year, which is just— They lost a lot from last year. It's basically nobody fears the pass because Djokovic has been so bad. Yeah. Everyone's just loading up to stop the run, and we'll see if that can change with Christian Veyer. If it doesn't, then they don't— They also just don't have an explosive back. Like no. they They don't have that type of— Big play hit that they've had so many times over the years. Or that you know, basically anybody who can grind it out and get four or five yards on an obvious running down. They didn't get running back either in a while. Yeah, yeah. I mean, quarterback since the last two years. Yeah, they've been, they struck out the last two since Kenny Pickett left. Slowest was not good. No. Where did he go again? Uh, he went to Pac 12, right? BYU, I believe. BYU, that's it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Because he threw all over since then. Yep, yep, yep. You're right. Suck it tough. Doesn't stop. <laughs> <laughs> People tell me to stop being petty, and I just say no. Well, no, you can change my name to Tom if you want. I'm never going to stop being petty. <laughs> All right, uh, let's go back to the text line. Is that a dad joke? It's yeah, it's definitely a dad joke, but a okay. good one. Five zero two four one four fourteen fifty is the Thornton's text line. Uh, Texture says the problem with that thinking of using NIL to keep kids around. Talking about Kenny Payne, we had this discussion last hour. Mm. Instead of incentivizing them to come here, is that it won't matter for getting guys who are supposed to be one and dones. Those guys will go where they can get paid for a year and then go to the NBA. Yeah, we're not. Getting, I think you're right. But we're not getting one and done. I think the 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 response to that would be one and done's aren't affecting college basketball the way that they were five years ago, ten years ago. If you are like, the teams that have been the best in college basketball the last five years, have been teams that have loaded up with transfers and that are, are transfer laden. Like, you, you know, I still think it's a little bit of an overreaction that people are saying like freshman driven teams can't win in college basketball. Namely because, look, Bama didn't have success in the NCAA tournament, but they were the number one overall seed, and they were largely fueled by freshmen. They also had the best freshman in the country, which helped a lot. I think freshmen can play a part, but if you're saying, would you rather incentivize getting the best transfers or would you rather incentivize getting the best one-and-dones, I think most coaches nowadays would say, give me the, the seasoned veterans, give me the, the great college players that maybe don't have the, the NBA value, but who like they're going to win more games. I, I mean, if you can bring guys back, if you can kill in the portal, that's the key right now to success in college basketball. Um, I don't know where the numbers can prove me around this, but I feel like also the amount of one and dones is limited since with Cincinnati. Like, I mean, I'm sure. I mean, obviously, you still got guys going one and done, but like the the, the amount of ones that were on that border area have, instead of going pro at one and done or just either staying or transferring. Um, I, I would. I'm curious to see the amount of freshman one and dones over the. Uh, if the, where the percentages since NIL has come into effect. I mean, you got to remember, like we, like almost all of the top draft picks are still freshmen. Or, well, a couple or of them played guys. the G League, yeah. So does that count as one and done if you go to the G League and not college, though? No, we're talking just college. But, okay, but you're, the, the the fact is, like we just don't, like we just don't know that much about them, like a, anymore, because they don't have huge, they're not having as big of an impact on the college game. They're still getting drafted really high. Yeah, Florida State had a couple in the last few years. I know that. Yeah, I mean, like, like Anthony Black for Arkansas did 
not much for them, and he was still a top ten pick. Um, no, the yeah, kid from UCF who went top ten, whose name I don't even remember. Yeah, I'm not. I'm just saying that. I'm yeah, clearly I'm not saying it, it's it's wiped out one and done. So I'm just I'm I am curious though the numbers of amount of freshmen who left after one season before NIL came into effect and and where the numbers are since NIL has come into effect. And maybe the, I think there've probably been a few like, like Kyle Filipowski, basically all the Duke kids that came back. Oh, yeah. Probably <laughs> like they would have gone. I'm serious. Like they would know, have, they would have gone pro. It's, and, like, it's, it's all Duke. It's all over there. Well, I mean, they, Derek Lively also did leave as a freshman. The first 12 NBA draft picks that were college players last year were all freshmen. Uh, the first one that wasn't is the Kobe Bufkin kid from from Michigan. He was a sophomore, and he still was kind of the same thing. Like he didn't really impact college basketball that much. But those are guys that were expected to go. I'm, I'm more that can the effect on the ones that, that that were maybe late first round could be second round, but end up not getting drafted. They decide to go come back is what I guess I'm more thankful. I think it's been minimal, but yeah. I, I do think there has been an effect. Like I said, like you can just name Filipowski and the other kid from Duke who's, who can't remember as as guys that probably go. Even if they're second round picks, but stayed because of NIL, but still, like I mean, you have a lot of guys that did just go ahead and, and bounce. No. Texture says um, highlight of the last five years in men's basketball is Chris Mack's video calling out Kentucky and Cal. Well, that's what that that's how that whole conversation started. Was Pretty somebody much, saying yeah. we're gonna have to be Indiana? They reenact the watch shot. We're gonna have to reenact the the Mack and Wood video. Not even just Mack, even though even the uh, the the wrestling promo he cut on was pretty funny. Now that one was good. I like that. I think Cal tried to answer it back, but didn't didn't do as good. Whatever's job. convenient. Yeah. <laughs> Texas don't sleep on the win over Virginia in February of 2020. I know they were unranked, but that was a damn fun game. It was just nice to beat Virginia. Well, then and then they beat us on senior night, and like two <laughs> weeks later, <laughs> we played so bad in that game too. Texas says, "My God, please stop talking basketball." Texas a day. Texas U of L is a feeder program for Grand Canyon. <laughs> well, sad. Was that part of the deal that we got for playing them there? Ever since we did that game with them. <laughs> I missed the text on the TV. That was a great game. Part, yeah. Only because we won. It was terrifying for like 35 minutes. Uh, the only thing I didn't like about the text on the TV was it, it distracted me from the game. I spent more time trying to read that than I did. That's why I don't like closed caption on movies. Texas says, in all seriousness, with all the corruption in the FBI, here we go, that has come out in the last couple of years, doesn't it make you a tad suspicious of the motive behind the college basketball scandal? I mean, one of the leading FBI agents in the investigation was busted on gambling charges and running up government-issued credit cards and casinos. None of it ever smelled right to me with any of this stuff. I don't think, I mean, it was it was clearly, like, a lot of times people talk about, like, conspiracies and there's all this motive. And I mostly think it's just dumb people doing dumb things. Like, I think that the FBI, this fell into their lap. If you watch that, the Christian Dawkins documentary on the on HBO. Never watched it, by the way. It, it very much laid out, like, how, like, my big takeaway was, how do these people get in such positions of power when they're so dumb? <laughs> and the FBI stuff, it just fell into their lap. They caught this guy, and it was basically, like, they were going to put him away for, it was the, it was the guy who made the clothes. And he was basically just going to get, going to get in trouble. And it, he starts spouting off a bunch of stuff just trying to save his ass. And one of them is like, I do college basketball work with Adidas. I can get you, I, I can take down some names that are doing some shady stuff. And the FBI is like, okay, this this is easy. Like, very cool. Like, like we'll, we'll do this. It's a big win. College basketball is a popular sport. It's a very visible case for us. Like, we need a big win. We need America to, to restore their faith in the FBI. This is how it's going to work. And America. So, and, and then they they... 
you know, do the crappiest job possible in this investigation. Like the texter says, you've got the uh, the, the dude. Uh, I can't remember his his moniker, his fake name. The undercover agent. Uh, I, I just talked about this yesterday on the Titus show. Who winds up getting caught, like spending all this money on gambling and hookers in Vegas? You want the one he refers to in the, in, in the text? Hmm? You talking about the 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 agent that he's referring to in the text? No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But, but but what his? You mean there was multiple ones that used government credit cards at casinos? But what his alias was? I can't remember. Oh, I don't remember. Jeff D'Angelo was his name. I just it's gonna drive me crazy. Jeff D'Angelo was his name, and like. Great made up name. They botch the entire investigation. They don't do a good job at landing any of the big fish. It, it's just like nobody also even cares. So I don't think that it was like this whole conspiracy. Although they do say in the, the Christian Dawkins thing, when they found that they had a chance to nab Rick Pitino, they were, like, they were very much targeting Rick Pitino because they wanted a, a huge name attached to this. And Pitino had already gotten in some trouble for the Karen Cipher thing and the Casino Powell thing. And they were like, if we can bust Rick Pitino... People are really going to love it. Like, people are going to be so stoked on the FBI. People are going to be so amped on the FBI. Like, this was their line of thinking, essentially. And, and then it happens, and they don't get anybody, and nobody cares. I, I think it's just dumb people doing dumb things, is what I think. T.J. Walker texted in. What does T.J. have to say today? This is about your, I think, uh, sexual prowess. He says, uh, it, it was not true. They were not separated. They were still fully together and still are to this day. She never told him about the Walmart happenings. Oh, he's you know he's, he's talking about scoots. He's about scoots, I was gonna say, yeah. Like TJ didn't even know the girl I was talking about. That's, That's more than Scoot, Scoots acted like they it was lo- a lot less sinister than that. I thought they were. I thought it was because she like. Didn't she was a lesbian and she went she like she did on her, her girlfriend. I believe scoots. That's a different story. Oh. I found out a lot about Scoots when you were gone the last time. Not just not just a plot to chasing Amy. <laughs> Which, by the way, you're gone next week, right? Yeah, you got Scoots. Um, I think you're going to have him like Monday through Thursday, maybe. And then uh, you got Gary on Friday. God knows what I'm going to find out next week. Because Gary, because Gary, because Gates can't do Fridays because he has to be at the, um, uh, he does the play by play. So he's Silver Creek. Uh, I don't know if it's Silver Creek this week or not. You'll find out more should, than I will. Should be Silver Creek. Texas Trevor, do we have a drone update? Can we get a date for the first flight at the Big X? We spent like five months. <laughs> not been You've months. grounded more flights than Southwest. You feel proud of yourself for that joke. I do. I feel like this. I feel like I should be. You've been dadded. Yeah. <laughs> so you get the reference. Um, that's not, that hasn't been months since I had the drone, is it? I can look it up on Amazon. Like three months. Now it was, it was, it was during the summer. It's October twelfth. No, now. it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that long. It's only been like a month. Uh, but it was not during football season. No. We, we would not have been talking about the drone after football started. I can, I can look up officially on Amazon where I, when I bought it. But uh, as the drone is doing well, it's still um, it's not broken. It's doing well because you haven't touched it in three months. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's it's yeah, it's still in the box, still um, still doing its thing, <laughs> still, still just sitting there begging to be flown. I'm looking, I gotta look this up when I bought this damn thing. <laughs> it was definitely in August, at least. You think August? I'm gonna, I, there's no way it was that long ago. Texas says, Would this be a good idea by John Vincent Calipari? And it, it's a tweet that says, John Calipari said tonight that he will play all three big men together when fully healthy Aaron Bradshaw, uh, the big Z kid, and Ugana Onyesu. That, they're tonight, aren't they? They had the pro day thing yesterday. But their blue, their blue white game is tonight, isn't it? Oh, I have no idea. I just know that their pro day was was last night. 
Are you still looking up when? <laughs> well, I'm already mad because I the last 30 days didn't come up. Well, I, t- I mean, yeah, I, I t- it was not during football season. It was, it was August 23rd. I, I was, yeah, it was in August. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, it's been that long. <laughs> the blue-white game, by the way, is not told October 21st. Your sense of time is just misleading you today. I've had a damn thing already like a month, over. It has been three months for the record. It's only been, it's been less than two months, but still. Texas, have you seen the new text messages from Mel Tucker's accuser? If true, you and the rest of the media owe him an apology for jumping to early conclusions without waiting for all the facts to come out. No, you. When did we talk about Mel? I mean, Mel Tucker. First of all, we didn't talk about Mel Tucker. Second, uh, I don't don't say that I owe anybody apology. I initially have been, I didn't really trust either one of them personally. I mean, I think, I think Mel, they both seem scandalous. We kind of said the same thing. I was like, I think Mel Tucker's a creep. I I think this is kind of a weird situation. I think Mel Tucker got caught in a with a somebody who's just trying to grasp for fifteen minutes of fame. Still, I mean, best case scenario for Mel Tucker, he's still what, having phone sex with someone who's not his wife. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah. But I, is that really worth being fired? No, or? no, no. Yeah. But it's it's still it's I think we can call him a creep. Yeah, I just yeah, I I don't think either one or I would I wouldn't trust either one as far as I can throw either one up. I'll just say that. It's like a Trevor Bauer situation now. Bauer does owe Bauer is owed an Bauer by but, a lot of people. Yeah, but Bauer also at least Bauer didn't help a situation because Mel Tucker kind of did a creepy thing, but Mel Tucker didn't have the back record that Bauer did as well. Bauer people already knew Bauer was kind of in like mentally insane to begin with a little bit. So I mean, well, I, he still is. Doesn't mean he he's you're right. From baseball. And it does, but you, I agree. And I said that when it was happening, I thought it was wrong that he was being blackballed from baseball. But I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I'm just I'm just trying to give a little bit of leeway to the the ones that jumped the, jumped the shark on on accusations. At least Bauer had some grounds of reasoning. Tucker really just was just a bad coach. I mean, who made a Michigan State was definitely. They, they, I think they were oh, fueling that too. They were desperate to get out of the yeah. Contract. I mean, it's obvious they used this as the, clearly. I mean, for all we know, they they asked her to, to come forward with this and gave her money to do it. There's a conspiracy for you, Texas Mike. I'm black. I can read any borderline text for you. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that, buddy. Thank you. Do we? Do we? Do we need to go? I'll get. I'll get my man say on the line, and we'll head now to read our black text. <laughs> the, the Mike Rutherford Black Man of the Show. <laughs> Texas says. I'm going, we're going to get fired now. No. Not me. <laughs> Texas, can the basketball players have their names on the back of the jersey? I don't know who these dudes are. <laughs> yeah. um, that Trevor's in that text? No. <laughs> I did not send it. Texas says. I did complain originally when they went to the names. It means that shock you, though. I'm not shocked. Yeah, I've gotten over it now. I'm cool with it. Texture sends in a uh, story. It says gold medal mental gymnastics performance on this one. It's a, a UK story. It said, did Georgia play so well because it was scared of Kentucky? Um, I say what? Well, let me read this. Former Kentucky All-SEC running back Anthony White had a different take on Georgia's 51-13 beatdown of Kentucky when the Bulldogs played their best and most complete game of the season. Actually, it was a compliment to us because they were scared of us, said White on WLAP Sunday Morning Sports. They knew they had to play, and they were ready for Kentucky. I mean, okay. I mean, all right. That's that's something. I don't think scared is probably the right word, but you guys were undefeated. You were ranked. I don't know what to say. I love just the the, the – the Kentucky, some of the fans I've talked to, my friends, there's like, like we're confident they had a chance in the game, and now it's like we suck, stupid sucks. It's like, man, 
All it does is take one. I mean, I know. I mean, I know. Listen, I get it. You got. It was like watching an episode of Oz watching your game, but still, I mean, I mean, where do you stand? That you know, games happen though. In, in all seriousness, let's take the rivalry hat off. Okay. In all seriousness, because I've seen this has become something of a debate between, uh, I think, national football writers and Kentucky fans. Uh, not all Kentucky fans, but certain Kentucky fans. Okay. Like Stoops has come to, to a program that, again, this is not a rivalry thing, but Kentucky football has been synonymous with losing pretty much my entire life up until the last few years, right? Is that fair? Yeah. He has taken them to a level that I think that a lot of people thought wasn't possible, where they've been a – they've had sustained success. They've been a top 25 team a number of times. They've been to a bowl game, like, what, seven straight years? Like, that's – He's I, done what 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 twenty year old Trevor thought would never be possible. Say exactly, great way to put it. Like I, I never thought that they would be perennially like a seven eight win team. Yeah, and he's done that. I agree. And now I think that, like any fan base, UK fans want that next step. The problem is the next step in the SEC is being better than like Georgia, yeah. Alabama, and LSU, which has never happened in the history of Kentucky football. And not only are they not better than those teams, they are as last week pretty clearly showcased, well behind. Now, you've got U.K. fans that are saying he's the seventh highest paid coach in college football, a top ten coach. Which is does surprise me a little bit, but yeah. Like, he should be producing top ten results. And not just top ten results, but, you know, you had the caller on the radio show saying, this man has beaten two teams in nine years that have finished with a winning record in the SEC. Occasionally, we'd like a win like Beating a, you know, number one Georgia, like well, back in the day when we beat number one LSU, we'd like to have those types of wins. And, and right now, we're not getting close to them. But the national riders, I, I, I see, I saw Bud Elliott getting into it with a UK fan the other day, are kind of firing back and being like, "This isn't like, like college football is basically a caste system. You need to be happy with where you are. There are very few coaches in America who could have come into this job and done what Mark Stoops has been able to do. And taking that next step is just not feasible. Like." Be thrilled that you're in contention for nine and three, eight and four, pretty much every year, and maybe those wins will come at some point in time. But like, they're still going to be few and far between. You're not going to win a national title at a place like Kentucky. No, you, I mean your your best bet is to get a, a generational kind of quarterback, not SB quarterback, really, because you can get you know like a Clemson getting a Watson and Lawrence back to back or something. Yeah. you're going to have to your your Baylor getting an RG three. You know, uh, I mean, us getting Teddy Lamar. Exactly. I mean, you're going to have for Kentucky to have, and that's not to sustain that success. But if you're going to have that next step kind of season with Stoops, you're, you need that quarterback. And I mean, we all know Dennis Leary isn't it, but I mean, he's still, I mean, he's serviceable, but yeah, you got to have Dennis. Devin, Dennis, who cares? Um, <laughs> I think they'd rather have Dennis Leary right now, anyway, to be honest with you. <laughs> Do it by C. Wasn't that bad a movie? Uh, then the uh, that's the only way. That's the only way you're gonna do it. I mean, because I've talked about like you know, it's, it's, it's get Chris Stoops credit too. Because Stoops also did this with Kentucky, with not running you know your your high octane spread them out offense, which usually when you see programs kind of take step forwards or, or have better seasons than they're supposed to, it's usually with that kind of coaching. Right. Stoops has done it with you know as, as old football. school, you know, and and, and I compared it to like Tom Allen at IU. Tom Allen's trying to do the same thing Stoops has done. There's a difference. Tom Allen clearly can't recruit as well as Stoops can. And Stoops is, you can mock his coaching all you want, but he's recruited so well while there that he's able to to, to be successful in Kentucky in that style that normally I don't think very few coaches could do it. 
And he's done it now. The problem is, is that that style has a ceiling, and we're seeing it right now. Unless you get that quarterback, it's got and it's got to be the quarterback, not a running back, not a wide receiver. You've had those. It's got to be a quarterback. I definitely like. I feel like both sides are right, and I know this is a it's a lame sports take, but I agree with like people like Bud Elliott who are saying, "Be grateful for what you have. You're not a program that has history. You're not a program that." That should be competing definitely be grateful, with, with the yeah. Georges of the world. It's just not going to happen. But I also like if I'm in Kentucky fans' shoes, I'm getting a little bit antsy at, at this point. You know, it's great that we're, we're we're going to good bowl, decent bowl games, and you know we're, we're beating Penn State in bowl games and all that good stuff. But I do want to at least dream of having something more. Like you know, you follow teams. I'm assuming that if that's your mindset, you're in your 20s, probably right. I don't care where you are. I mean, I, I mean, I'm 39. You, I'd be having the same thing. Like, you know, we you guess. follow teams to want. I mean, I want to see Louisville win a national championship. I've said this. Like, no, that's like, true. Even as as unrealistic as that may be, like, I why else be a fan of a team? Like, like you know, you want to keep seeing teams take shots. We had this conversation with the, the you know Georgia deciding to fire Mark Richt, who mm-hmm. he got they got kind of panned for it. They're like, this man's never won fewer than nine games. He's he's giving you ten and two seasons every year, eleven and one seasons every other year. How can you possibly be unhappy with that? And Georgia fans are like, we want to win national championships. And maybe we go out there, we fire Mark Richt, and whoever we bring in is worse than Richt. But at least we tried. At least we swung. Like, you can't hit a home run unless you swing hard. Apparently, and they had won a title since 82. So. It, 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 also, in fairness to them, they were right. Like, they've, they're yeah. winning national yeah. championships right now. They've taken that next step. And if you're a Kentucky fan, like, I get why you would say, look, we're paying this man top 10 money. I'd like to eventually be a, a, a top 10 program, but... Yeah, I mean, I think that that. But you can't. You're Kentucky. You can't let Stoops go, right? No, no, no. I think, like I said, I think most UK fans are 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 still thrilled with the job that Stoops has done. Yeah, I think that they are getting to a point now where they're like, I'd like to see a little bit more. I don't want to fire him. It's kind of like where they were with Calipari, where it's like, I don't know if anybody can come in here and do better, but I'd like to see this guy do a little bit better moving forward. And I think that that's, I think that's a t- totally normal, understandable mindset to have right now. They've also only been at the level where they're at for what, like four or five years now. I mean, it's going to take, and it took them five, almost what, four or five years to get to that level. So, I mean, if you, I mean, it, 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 again, I guess it does, there's more microwave, microwave action in, in, in college football now with the transfer portal, but I still think it takes a little longer to, to, to build a consistency in your program than in, in basketball, obviously. But I don't think it takes longer. I think it's impossible, is the thing. Like breaking through to that, that top tier, I mean, it just doesn't. I mean, we've seen it since the playoff happened. The same teams are in the playoff, and the same teams are winning just about every year. Clemson's the big, and Clemson, like, their consistent history is far superior to Kentucky's. And even they were, existed in a plane where they were, like, good but not great for a long time. Well, they were normally and what they Kentucky is right broke through. They're what Kentucky is right now, kind of. Like, that was where they were. When they were better than Kentucky is right Maybe, now. but they were only winning, like, seven, eight games usually. I mean, they were never really, I don't, I don't know how many ten-win seasons they have, you know. Clemson hope, also had won a national title. They did with Danny Ford and 80, I know, I remember. Yeah, so That's well. very different than you guys. Who who is who is the newest member of the of the elite club right now in college football? It was Clemson. Yeah, I guess so. Is there? I guess there really not is one right now. Is there? I mean, everyone else has. I mean, Washington. We'll see how long they last up there. I would say maybe Oregon. Oregon still because they're still kind of the new new kid on the block a little bit. Clemson, by the way, had never won fewer than eight games since nineteen fifty something. Oh, they had no way. Yeah, go back and look. It's a it's a miraculous run. Like they never won fewer than eight games for forty years since nineteen fifty seven. I mean, I guess. I mean, 
Yeah. Isn't that crazy? No, I, they went they went five and six in ninety four. Ninety four is not on here. Oh, I'm looking at where they were in the national polls. I was like, that's a hell of a run. Yeah, I was like, wait a second. Yeah, they went they won six games eighty five. Yeah. Okay, that makes more sense. Yeah, they had. I mean, they don't get me wrong. I'm looking at they were they were six and seven in 2010. Um, I mean, but yeah, they're constantly. You're. I mean, seven, eight, nine is 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 almost a given until the Dabo run. Dabo when was, it was all tens. Now they're back to seven, eight, nine. I think I guess Oregon might be one of the youngest ones because Oregon, I mean, Wisconsin, Wisconsin didn't. Wisconsin was bad up until the mid nineties. Wisconsin's not a lead. They haven't even they haven't even made the playoff. That's well, I'm just talking about, but they're still up there and kind of in a different level. I think. Wisconsin's kind of on Kentucky's level right now. If you want to make a comparison, that's where they are. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll run through as many texts as possible. We'll look ahead to tonight in the world of both college football and the NFL, and a little MLB as well. Mike Rutherford Show. It wraps up next here on 1450 and 96.1, The Big X. Final segment of the Thursday edition of Mike Rutherford Show here on 1459. Honor, you can catch the podcast of the show every single day. All you have to do is go wherever you get your podcast. Search 1450 Big X. You'll have the podcast, the Mike Rutherford Show, the podcast of Spears on Sports, the podcast of, I believe, uh, Who's Report with Matt Dennison. Yeah. Biggie Roll Call's got their own page. Yeah, they're that they're cool. They're special. Very special. But uh, if you want to find out, search 1450 Big X. Podcast is usually up uh, pretty quickly after the show, and if you want to follow me on Twitter, I always retweet it. Yeah, sometimes I'll forget. Uh, sometimes I retweet a lot later than it's posted, so don't like wait for the tweet. Tweet sometimes it's usually up. Yeah, I'll have it up more often than not. It'll be up b- by six thirty ish, maybe. Usually that's about what time. It takes a little bit to load, but uh, usually no later than six thirty, six forty five. It should be on iTunes. It takes him a little bit longer than you think it, uh, to to get it up, but he, when yeah. he gets it up, like he he'll let you know about it. It stays up. He sh- he he shouts it out. Yeah. It just takes a while. Not like Kentucky football. I don't get up and just just then just go like blast it right away. I mean, it's it's fine. It's fine. Flat. I, do you do you see the clip? I know you responded to the guy, the, the one guy who clipped the segment from last week. We were like, "Buddy, I'm jacking it." No, <laughs> I think I read. Yeah, the guy I, complaining about the music. I reply. I replied. <laughs> he was afraid you weren't going to play. Uh, we ready. Loud enough at the end of the Friday show, and you're like, "Buddy, I'm jacking it. Don't worry." <laughs> Instantly, we both just lost it because we are 12 year old boys. I mean, as soon as I said it, it was at my lips. I was like, "I, Trevor, no." We've got uh, we got 12 minutes left here. We're gonna try to get to as many texts as we can, and then we'll make some predictions for tonight's NFL and college football games. I love rapid fire texting. Let's go, baby. Let's do it. Texas, my girlfriend changed our U of L yard flag that's been there since the beginning of August to a Halloween one, and I nearly passed out from the shock of her messing up the good vibes. Ooh, is this the second person I have to tell to get divorced today? I think it is. I mean, really, dude, you need not not to come off like you know, like like, like out, you know, like like the honeymooners or anything, but you need to put your woman in check. You can do 
Halloween decorations for sure. But you have to yeah. keep the U of L stuff up too, especially if it's already been up. There's a house around us when we go take walks that has a big U of L flag, and now they've got the, a lot of Halloween decorations. And the other day, Virginia, like John, now when he sees, he's at that age where he sees something, he's like, "Go cards!" He's, he sees the, the the logo. He immediately says, "Go cards!" And Virginia's like, "Well, why do they have go card stuff?" And it's Halloween time. Like she's very much she's trying, she's trying to understand like seasons and, and how like. Halloween is in fall and all this stuff. And she's like, go cards time. And, and I'm like, well, it's the same time. I'm like, it's still very much go cards. I'm like, we're six and oh. She's like, what six and oh? I'm like, ah, why did I start this? Why, why, why did I possibly try to explain this to a four year old? I was like, we, we're still very into the go cards. You're like, I feel like I do this for three hours a day already on the radio. Pretty much. That's <laughs> my, my life never changes. I never really get a reprieve. But uh, yeah. If, and if, I don't if, get credit for preparing you for, ch- for, for, for fatherhood. If you've got UFL <laughs> stuff up right now, you can put the Halloween stuff up too. Yep. But the UFL stuff has to stay up as well. If they don't think it's Halloween and it's not scary, just tell them it's a basketball UFL basketball schedule. Texas, which are you taking? A twelve and zero regular season and a loss in the ACC championship game, or eleven and one regular season with a loss to UK, but you win the ACC championship? Didn't someone ask this yesterday? No, that was a different question. It was, would you rather go eleven and one and lose to UK, or go nine and three but beat UK? Oh, that's right. Um, I mean, I, I want twelve. I mean. I would if I go twelve and zero means I'm beating UK right or I'm all oh, by lost ACC title game. Yeah, I'd, I'll I'll take that. I don't want to lose to UK. I've, I made that clear yesterday. If either one of these scenarios get us into the playoff, I'm picking that one. If both of them finish with us like in the same spot, which is Orange Bowl, I'm taking the the, the win over UK and the loss to presumably Florida State in the title game. The only exception I'll take the loss to UK and hypothetical for anyone who wants to ask is turning that, down a conference championship. Yeah, it's wrong. But if you tell me it's a that if you, you're going to win the national, you win the playoff, but you lose to UK, I'll take that. Well, you wouldn't just take going to the playoff. <laughs> I would take going to the playoff. I don't care. I mean, bleep losing to UK. I'll, I'll take going to the playoff. That's a huge deal. But he didn't say going to the playoff. He just is winning the ACC. Well, I guess you're, you're assuming that one goes with the other. I guess. No, no, no. I'm assuming we don't need to talk about this anymore. Yeah. I, I'm. I, I. What I just said. I'm assuming that both involve us not going to the playoff and going to the Orange Bowl. But if you, you threw out a different hypothetical, and I'm saying if any hypothetical has us going to the playoff, I don't care if we lose the UK. I want to go to the playoff. I got you. Texas trivia. You played in the city in the city by Joe Walsh. Who is his famous brother-in-law? I didn't know this. Uh, I clicked on the text, so I'm, I can't I can't answer it properly. I did not know it either. It was, it was apparently Ringo Starr. Ringo Starr is Joe Walsh's brother-in-law. I had no I idea. Had no clue of that either. That's that's a good trivia question though. TK needs to go the mail-order bride route. It would pay for itself if she cooks, and he won't spend an ungodly amount on DoorDash. Win-win. I also hear that Russian women tend to like wrestling. Is it bad of me that I've thought about that before? Yes. <laughs> but I don't know. Like The mail-order bride, like, I'm, that's not like... I don't know. It just seems creepy. All right. Uh, Texas, pumpkin Reese's or egg Reese's? Pumpkins are the best. What the hell is an egg Reese's? Oh, you mean the Reese's Cups. Oh, Easter egg. Reason. Yeah, yeah, I got you. Um, I mean, pumpkins are the best. Pumpkins, yeah. Cesar, your boy, said, I predicted Louisville would beat Notre Dame. That's a lie. Speed kills Notre Dame. Notre Dame gets these high rankings off of privilege of the past, similar to how Kentucky basketball has been preseason top five multiple times and then went on to either being an eight seed or not make the tournament. Yeah, he's lying 100% through his teeth. He never said that. I don't believe you, Cesar. I believe Trevor. Yeah. You did, cause in case you're wondering, also, say has three teams, Notre Dame, Miami, and Kentucky. Oh, that's a terrible trigger. Yeah. Yeah, and I love his hail to pit. Yeah, if anybody's hailing the pit, it's you, buddy. Texas says, 4,500 people at the red-white game. Who knew the head coach not communicating for months on end would prove to not build excitement? 
Well, actually, I mean, they, they said 5,700 on their official thing. But regardless, it was, I don't know what the official count was, what the real count was. It was more people there than I thought were going to be there. And props to the UVL fans who showed up. Bro, sure. I kind of agree with you, yeah. I didn't expect that. I, if you told me 4,500 over under, I would have taken the under. Texas says, if the U, if basketball team doesn't beat Simmons College by at least 90, KP should pull a Patino and say Simmons College is one of the best ni- teams he's ever faced. I mean, he's going to say that anyway, right? No, I would hope not. Didn't he, isn't, that what, isn't that what KP said last year after every game? Uh, more or less, yeah. Told us the obvious of how he got out coached, not played. Uh, we, we we didn't need you telling us that, KP. We saw it firsthand. Texas says, inquiring minds want to know, did cheap-ass Cal ever return the guy's weed eater? <laughs> <laughs> no. He did not, cheap-ass Cal. Scoot says, uh, Tuesday, Thursday, get ready to learn more next week, Mike. And the funny thing is, I will be on the call for Silver Creek oh, next wow. I told you. Also, he's Tuesday, Thursday. I was, I was thinking he said something about maybe doing Monday, but I'll figure it out. No worries. I got it handled. Texas says, where all in town can you fly drones? Well, according to Trevor, you can just fly them wherever. I mean, I'm flying in my backyard, right? Once I get it up. You're not flying it, period, because you won't get it up. Uh, it'll get up. Don't worry. I don't, at this point, I don't think you can get it up. I mean, I know at my age it's harder, but, I mean, it, it will. You have to at least try. I, think it, I had to pee like four times last night, too. Texas says the highlight of Louisville basketball over the last five years was DePaul Day. Oh, wait, never mind. Ugh, Texas. Is that an angry guy? No, but what you mean? Should be. He made me angry guy. I'm like dreading this year's DePaul game, too. I don't even, I don't even want to play. No, I don't know. You kind of set it up. It's like your old friends that now have become kind of bullies. Like, I don't even want to see him anymore. <laughs> I don't like those guys. Texas says the FBI probe was just by chance. Uh, why was Patino the main coach they went after? Uh, if the FBI probe. It was just by chance. Why was the Patino? Well, the going after Patino being the main guy was after they'd already started doing it. They realized that they had gotten the end with that Jordan Fair, and they were like, if we can get Patino, that would be a huge deal. That's when they really started targeting. Uh, he said, I bet Michigan State hired that girl to set up Mel Tucker. I would hope not. but I, That's a good conspiracy theory, but I would like to think that they're, yeah, I agree. I don't trust her, but I don't think that Michigan State was that devious. Then again, we're talking about Michigan State here. They really wanted out of that. I field. mean, Michigan State. I don't put anything past Michigan State. I know anymore. at this point, like I'm kind of the same way. Like, like if there's only two schools in America, you told me that happened and it was true, it'd be like Baylor or Michigan State. Yeah, I mean, and it's sad. And what's sad is I agree with you. We shouldn't be. We should be able to like, oh, that's funny, but no way, that's true. I don't know. Also says, and we all should know how Trump got Falwell Jr. to endorse him to get the evangelical vote. If you don't watch the Hulu documentary, God forbid, two hours very worth watching. I don't think the Jerry Falwell Jr. vote. Endorsement means that much anymore. But back in the day, it did. If you're following Falwell Jr., you got more issues. You said it. Texas says. <laughs> he said, thank you. Texas, TK played it earlier, but I need your help. This has to be the most unheard lyric ever. To me, they say, oh, whoa, whoa, walk on when it's good. What exactly are they saying? It's it's bugging me. Uh, that's a good it's, It was good living with you. Uh-oh. It was good living, living with, with you. you. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Um, it's here. Uh-huh. It was good living with you. Uh-huh. It was good. Uh-huh. 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 It was good living with you. That's I mean, all. Yes. That's, that's, that's the whole yeah. lyric. Yeah. He's a little off though on his, his, his definition. He's, it's not whoa. whoa oh. It's not walk on either or when it's good. Oh, walk on. <laughs> it's, it was good living with you all. It was the last song we played in my sophomore was, apartment in college. That's <laughs> like the like song from Hey McCool. Walk on. It was good <laughs> having you on as a walk-on. <laughs> Texas says, so you post on Twitter every time you get it up. 
<laughs> yeah. gotta, gotta let people know. <laughs> gotta let people know. Somebody I sent do. in a uh, a speed dating at the quarry flyer in Lagrange, the Lagrange quarry. It's a single, tired of online dating, getting catfished from all the filters, or wasting your time texting only to meet the, and have no connection. Louisville Social Singles event will be hosting a speed dating event on November fourth at, the, at, at the Lagrange Quarry. See event details below. Tickets are limited, so purchase yours today. We need to do this. This kind of creeps me out. We like, need to do this. Who does a dating at the quarry? Like you took the ACT. <laughs> Next up is speed dating. This needs to happen November fourth. It's at the quarry, man. That's just like if you get rejected, do I get thrown in? <laughs> I mean, like, like who does? Like of all the places you're gonna have speed dating, <laughs> I'm just you're taking because take, if you're in speed dating, first of all, you're clearly like <laughs> the bottom level of like you know we're 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 down a notch or I'm two. I'm just picturing you mid conversation <laughs> and immediately just like just like toppling over and just falling into the quarry. I could take one more second of it. I could just see me talking to a, the woman and she just goes. That's it. Just stands up, turns around, walks, just jumps in the quarry like the horse in the ring or something. I bet Scoots will go. <laughs> Did you guys go together? <laughs> yeah. I, if Scoots wants to go, I'll go. Yes. Yes. Scoots, if you go on November, was it November 4th? November 4th. What day is that on? It's on is that Who a, cares? We're going. Well, it's a Saturday, right? Doesn't it say that, I think? on the? Uh, let's see here. November 4th. It's a Saturday. Does, who's Louisville play that day? Uh, November 4th? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, again, we've got yeah, we, there, there's things we got to work out, but uh, that, that's Virginia Tech. Oh, I can, yeah, I can, I, I, I can miss Virginia Tech to get late. Might be an early kickoff. Can I get late to speed dating? Maybe after. Who knows? <laughs> Texas says Thursday throwback. My oh, dad, my do, dad, hope they're used to the speed. <laughs> my dad had never seen the documentary, The Rivalry, Red vs. Blue, so we watched it last night. He kept asking who that kid was, and it was Mike. Dad said he looks like a teenager. I thought you might like to know. Well, it was like 12 years ago. That's the very first line of that movie. <laughs> I've never seen it too. So I still want. I don't. I feel ashamed I haven't watched it. Texas says if TK is going the mail order bride route, how about Ninety Day Fiance? I've never seen that show. I didn't know that was a show either. I, the, the problem with mail order brides is I think I've been like Texas says nobody's throwing you anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> A collective group of me, me off. All right, we got to make picks here. We, we, apologies to the text yeah. that we did not get to. Uh, most of us probably making fun of my mail or bride speed dating anyway. But uh, yeah, I mean, we hit on gold right at the end of the show. We're gonna have to. Thanks to the, the text we're sending that flyer. Uh, Broncos Chiefs is the Thursday night NFL game of the week. Eight fifteen prime video. KC is a ten and a half point home favorite. Who you got? Take the Broncos getting the points tonight. I feel like that's a. It's a. It's a. I'm telling you, it's K- a dummy line. It is. I'm telling you, I double digits are hard to take. KC is. They've been sleepwalking a little bit. I know they blew out Chicago, but they only beat this Bronco team close last year in both games. I'm falling take the for ten, it. Take 10 and a half Denver points, even on the road. I'm falling for it. Chiefs winning cover. Really yeah, quickly, West Virginia on the road taking on Houston. The Holgerson Bowl, West Virginia is a three-point road favorite. Who you got? Uh, West Virginia does not win. Houston wins. I like that. I'm taking West Virginia to win in cover. Everyone it's not comfort you say, so you can take it. You're right. Everyone enjoy your Thursday night. We'll see you guys <laughs> back here tomorrow. Pre-game show going on at 3 o'clock. Bring on Pitt. Go Cards. Chiefs.